2: Now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN
3: you know something was weak or something was compromised or something was overcompensating for something else and that's what happened. So I think it's called the adductor magnus. Somewhere in there in the groin or you know around the hammy area but it's not a hammy. It's not a groin. I, I test out really well with all those. It's, the, it's that muscle in particular. So they're telling me it's not too serious. Don't get too crazy disappointed. You know you'll be back soon. So that's what I'm thinking of it.
4: Let's get nasty on a Thursday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers out for another day, but our guy BT is with me for the full three hours. It is the Fast Lane. Appreciate you joining us. That was Adam Wainwright, uh, the audio courtesy of the Cardinals Radio Network and Tom Ackerman. Uh, BT, you have your hand up. Yeah,
5: I, I, uh, I have a question, Yeah, Anthony. And I understand that your job is predicated upon your energy and your excitement. Yeah. Did you just hear Adam? Did you hear what he's dealing with? Did you hear what's happening? It is mass adductor. It's not good news, okay? It's not a let's get nasty St. Louis day. No, we always get nasty here in the fast lane. Do I always. need to re-start
6: like everything? Uh, no, we still say okay. the
5: words, but I don't think it has to hit as hard as Adam's groin is hit right now. A B T up in his adductor.
4: We always slap at the beginning of this show. We used to. The slap, you know tear or whatever that he's dealing with will it doesn't impact the way we start the show ever feeling like it should feel like it should that's all he's only going to be out a couple of weeks ish he thinks he's out he thinks he's weeks. out so how big of a deal is this
5: um i don't think it's that big of a deal uh to be totally <laughs> for, for him or to, the rotation in general yeah. to be totally honest right now um and, and I, I you know i love adam wayne right to death I think that there's a couple of different ways to look at this. One, from a fan standpoint, I'm incredibly disappointed to not see Adam Wainwright on Thursday against the Blue Jays in the opener. uh, He was getting the nod for that game. We know that it's his final season. I wanted to see that. I want to see that as a fan. But you also think about adam wainwright and the way that things ended for him last year he'd already come in he had some issue firing his glute early in spring that's why the velo wasn't there he ended up hurting the groin uh working out um i I, and he had to ramp up early for the world baseball classic he gutted through a couple of performances did the job did it well but I, i i really wondered and we talked about it at the time when adam said he was pitching for team usa in the wbc We we kind of looked at each other and go, "Eh, eh, kind of an old guy, older. You know, it's a veteran, veteran guy who is Reyes, who's ramping up. He's he's pitching in the big leagues at a high level. I ran on a treadmill, and tore my meniscus. I told you, (laughs) true story. I am a mess. I'm limping everywhere. Uh, But uh, he, uh, you had to ramp up early. You're pitching in very high energy high enthusiasm games early on mm-hmm. I really wondered if he was going to be able to do that and stay healthy for the entire season and actually pitch well not just go out there but pitch well like he did last season last six starts at the end of the year that was a real concern for me now having this stop and nobody wants to get hurt nobody wants to miss time and nobody wants to have to ramp back up but that's exactly what Adam's going to have to do right now, Anthony. This might end up paying you some dividends on the back end where you get your best
4: Adam when maybe you're going to want him down the stretch. I'm with you on that. It, look, it looked it, it didn't look great in spring training, the one start that he did make. And then in the, the back-to-back uh, W – not the back-to-back, but the two WBC starts that he had, he was competitive. He was fine, but he, he, he was it wasn't like you're like, okay, that's the Adam Wayne right there. We saw it the in the first half was of last going year. He was full on David Blaine. He was. Look over here. Yeah, a little magic here.
5: Slash Mickey Mouse.
4: <laughs> they work together a lot, I think. He I watched that show. He makes Mickey disappear a lot, and, and that's then he right. comes back in and saws him in half. Saws him right in half, and then all I don't of a sudden, think David
5: Blaine does that. He's more of a I'm trapped in this ice block, and then here I'm here for seven days, and I'm alive.
4: I'm gonna make a bus disappear. He's that guy, yeah. typically. For sure. Anyways, uh, I. I agree with you in that this might actually work out better for Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals. You also get a look at Jake Woodford who pitched very well in spring training last year. A lot of people, as you know, a lot of fans were kind of clamoring for Jake Woodford. Hey, what what does this guy have to do to earn a spot more, you know, at the big league level and, and get and get a, a genuine look? Well, you're about to see it because Jake Woodford's going to slide into the rotation. He'll make, what do you think? BT three starts at least three to five starts, maybe? He might make 30 starts,
5: Anthony. That's the beauty of giving somebody an opportunity and seeing if they run with it. Jake Woodford, there are not too many people that have thrown the ball better than Jake Woodford in camp for the Cardinals. Camp is camp, season is season, but we've seen him, even though he got yo-yoed last year, he looked good. He looked better this year. We've seen him be able to sustain his velocity, spot his four seam up in the zone, throw his two seam down, way better feel for the slider. Looks like he's being aggressive. This could be one of those situations where he stays in the rotation. It very well could. And we know, you mentioned it when we were doing the show two days ago. These things figure themselves <laughs> out, don't right. they? Like, yep. At some point, somebody else is going to get banged up, or they're going to miss time, or maybe you have a... a Period where the schedule gets crazy and you want to bring in a six-man rotation, or maybe you want to try a piggyback sort of a thing. You can get creative, but this is an opportunity that Jake Woodford earned. First of all, he earned his spot on the team with what he did in spring. Now he's going to earn the opportunity to start. And I mean, who knows? This could be something where he clings to this job. So, what's and your what? over/under? How
4: many starts? Well, I was, I was I was just thinking about about the Wally Pip situation. Pip ain't easy. No. That's what they say in a lot of rap songs. Yeah. Over under, f- Over under six and a half starts. For the season? Or for this first no, for stint? This, f- for this first stint.
5: Six and a half.
4: Boy, that's a really good number. Because you think he if Wainwright... Wainwright's going
5: to miss a... M- we'll call it a month.
4: If Wainwright misses at least three weeks with the injury, not talking about yeah. ramping up and being ready to join the rotation again... You're looking at at least a month. Six and a half.
5: Damn, that's a big number.
4: Six and a half starts for Jake Woodford. For the first stint. I'm going
5: to take the under on the first one.
4: Marsh? Six and a half starts for Jake Woodford until Adam Wainwright's ready to come back. So not for the season. I'm going to go under. So BT went under. Marsh went under. I'll fade the public. I'll take over.
5: So you just jumped to my
4: side of the argument, and I like it what do you mean well
5: because you started at three right and then now you've moved to seven plus i like it i gauged what the public was doing and i said i'm gonna fade you anthony you've always been successful in your gaming endeavors why not uh here's a couple of couple of back-to-back text messages that i would like to address from the 636 to the air comfort service text line 314-399-9646 by now you know the number might as well keep throwing it out because i don't know the number uh this one, don't. this is spot I have to on. Look every time, yes, this is spot on. Getting Wayno back from injury, oh boy, is just like making a big trade. oh. Come on, text of the day. You wanted it's to earn my Thursday. It's early, but that is the text of the day. I mean, when you get him back, you talk about just inserting your heart. Right back into this club who's already going to have a 12-game lead in the division. And he didn't give anything up. Didn't give anything up. That's the beauty of it. Now, are you spending $17.5 million on this asset? 100%. Sure, sure. But sunken cost
4: fallacy, Anthony. It's
5: like the <laughs> money's spent. It's already gone. Who cares? Uh, and then, I love the
4: minefield that you are tiptoeing through right now. You're good. Yeah, it's fine. And then same
5: texter from the 636. And I, I would like to know about this, Anthony, and maybe you could help me out. It says, BT, Anthony made another Stephen Matz-based bet. What Stephen Matz-based I, bet did, did you
4: make? Oh, I don't know. The texture's going to have to remind us here.
5: Yeah, they, all right, so 636. If you know what that bet was, Anthony Anthony will throw stuff out there left and right. Yeah, sometimes I forget. Yes, and then at the end of the year, you have to like say, hey, scoreboard, like, oh, that's course. why we write
4: these things down. Absolutely. Um, we had a board in here to, to make sure that we were... On the up and up, but yes. then we got fancy new stuff on the wall, so we had to take the board down.
5: Yeah, they wrapped the place. It looks did, really good.
4: you reminded me we were talking about Matt's a little bit yesterday, but I don't remember throwing out another Stephen Matt's. I don't either. Type wager. You want to make one? What More you
5: innings this year.
4: Matts or
5: Matts or.
4: Oh, it's got to be Michaelis. It's got to be Mike.
5: Oh, the same bet, Mats or Michaelis?
4: I'm sure, right? Because what else are you gonna you can't do? Flaherty, could do
5: Montgomery? You can do Battle of the Lefties.
4: Oh, that's true. Boy, Montgomery's so steady, and you just forget about him. Oh, Anthony. Well, why would you say that? He's he's uh, he's underrated in that that respect.
5: Until he hits free agency, and his boy uh, Scott Boris. Scott Boris. He's not underrated now. He's no. gonna have all kinds of like poems about him oh yeah he'll mix he's pliable like gumby <laughs> can fit in whatever it is he'll
4: air Jord- some things you want air jordan on you in your rotation oh
5: don't
6: you yeah pick. yeah i like uh, that. we got it we got it what do we got from the 636 with michelle he bet mats would be the team mvp or comeback player or something
4: no that was so o- maybe o- that was o'neil she took flaherty oh. i took o'neil this is in the, the text sa- in, lines gospel though. in the same conversation that we had about Matts, because there's bt and you can weigh in on this there's really only three comeback player of the year candidates for the cardinals entering the year jack flaherty tyler o'neill and stephen Matts. and the athletic chose stephen Matts as the cardinals comeback player of the year okay michelle took flaherty i took o'neill tyler o'neill is there anyone else that we're forgetting i wouldn't think so so that's that's what it was. But then I said to her, I go, how are we going to quantify this though?
5: Uh, whoever makes the better argument at the end of the season, you bring all of your facts, you battle it out in the courtroom, and then Marshall decide.
4: Oh, well, Marshy's the judge. Yeah. And jury and executioner. Sure is. He's killing it. Wow. You like Boy, that idea?
5: Mats, by the way, I think Mats so, is going to be I don't know how to quantify this. I think that Stephen Mats will be the most surprising player this season. Okay. I don't know exactly how to encompass that but because I've, the expectations of, are so low and you know I feel like for some for some the expectations are low I think that he's going to deal this year I really do You okay.
6: think like quality starts against really good opponents could be something that you could quantify Well then how what would you quantify saying? really good
4: opponents? Winning st- percentage Yeah,
6: winning percentage. Like Steven Matz let's say he pitches really well against the Dodgers or something something maybe last year you wouldn't have
4: thought of. This is getting complicated. I feel like there's Maybe math they break involved. break down their FIP. Right. I think there's a lot of math involved here. Well, and I if step there back. is, I'm out as well. Exactly. 214, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So for those who don't know, Adam Wainwright will be out the next several weeks no! because of a groin injury. Jake Woodford will be the, the replacement in the starting rotation. Here's the next question. You ever pull your
5: groin, Anthony? Uh yes. And when I say that, I mean in the injury. Like, have you ever injured your groin?
4: Oh, yes i have yeah
5: it's terrible yeah it's not it's not fun it's a bad spot
4: it's not great
5: anyways what was your
4: question i haven't torn my meniscus though
5: i'll tell you right now it hurts I'm <laughs> waiting for the cortisone to kick
4: in poor guy bt don't get old it's run on a treadmill. your do- birthday's coming he's doing something to, to better himself become healthier oh no technically i was
5: trying to play for the tie i want to continue to keep my lifestyle the way it is where i eat what i want drink what i want but i want to continue
4: to look the same you know ah, what that I mean? Makes sense. Okay. It's yeah. It's not
5: working now. I'm gonna. You do it like, like a real, real radio TV guy. I respect. I'm just worried about him. You should be.
4: I respect. I respect the game plan, though. You know exactly what you want.
5: Yeah. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to get
4: abs, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> That's over with. All right. Here's the other question: When it comes to Wainwright's injury, if Jake Woodford's going into the starting rotation, do you do you have a need for a long man now? Because Woodford was going to be your guy. And if you still do, well, who is that? Because Dakota Hudson just got sent down to AAA after a pretty poor spring training. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
3: I think for this first week is I'm going to be doing mainly like you know on my knee, just keeping my arm going. But I'm, I'm conditioned up to 60-something pitches and four up and downs. You know, I could have easily gone both my last two starts. I could have gone another inning at least. So my arm is conditioned in a, in a pretty good spot to be able to build really quick. So I'm just going to keep it somewhere close to that so that I, when, uh, when it's time to stretch out and I can put a little more pressure on my leg, I'll be able to.
4: Adam Wainwright, following the news that he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks due to a groin injury that it, it was suffered during the WBC. Brad Thompson, BT, our guy, filling in for Jamie Rivers today, who will be back tomorrow. I'm Anthony Stalzer. He was talking there about what he'll do to keep his arm in shape when, obviously, you're dealing with a groin injury, yeah. so... You can't be thrown off off a mound. You can't how, use that lower half. How difficult is that going to be, though?
5: Well, it's it's easy enough. As he said, you throw from a knee. You could throw seated, keeping it moving a little bit. You can do weighted ball things. So you can keep the arm in relative shape. But the hard part is piecing it all back together again, getting to the point where you can trust the lower half and then get the lower half and the upper half all working in conjunction. So yeah. uh, it's, it's a hell of a lot better than just shutting it down entirely. Um, but it's going to take a while. I... I Pulled uh, my groin in, it would have been 2013, maybe, when I was, well, for 2011. You know, all these years coming together. It was with the Twins organization. <laughs> 2012. It was 2012. Just and, like yesterday. Uh, in spring training. And I felt it pop, like, this. that ain't good. It took me a good six weeks to get back to where I was pitching again. Not well, but pitching again. Uh, Pitching to the level I was pitching at before. We'll just go with that, you know? Sure. So that's that's a long time. So the idea of him keeping the arm moving is good. But I would expect, at the least, I would expect a month for Adam Wainwright to be gone. So... We know the answer right now, and it's an easy one to do. is just sliding Jake Woodford right into the rotation. Right. He's earned it. He's earned that spot. If we were just doing everything, if we didn't know anything about any of these guys, there were no contracts, there was no nothing, it was just spring training, get you a job. Woody's, he's your ace. He's the ace. He's in the conversation, Anthony, at yeah. least. So I don't think that you're going to see a big drop-off from Jake Woodford to... Uh, Adam Wainwright, the way that he was throwing the ball prior to the injury, I don't That's think that there's going to be a huge drop off. Um, but the question now is that you brought up before the break: how do you how do you piece together some of these innings early on? Because you you know how important your your bullpen is early. Starters are still getting built up. You think about like uh, all the guys you got got a couple of guys coming off injury this year in Flaherty and Matts. You're not that you're going to be super nervous about using but you're gonna watch him you've got Michaelis, who's not fully built up right now because he didn't get extended as much in the world baseball classic it was used mainly as a reliever there so you, you you're gonna need depth out of your bullpen you're gonna need innings out of your bullpen and woody was the guy that you looked at and say okay well he can eat up three innings in the middle of a game if you need somebody to do that right now anthony as you look at the bullpen the way that it's set up who is going to eat up if you needed three innings? If the starter went three and you needed to bridge a gap of four, five, six, who does that for you right now?
4: He's down in he's down in Memphis and he didn't pitch well in spring training, and that that was Dakota Hudson. The other guy I would bring up to you would be Andre Pallante, but it doesn't seem like Andre Pallante was throwing a bunch of innings this spring either, right? Pallante wasn't stretched out either. He's been looked at as like the one inning guy. But
5: and you asked me this off air, and I think that it, it is a, a really good idea. First of all, I talked to you two days ago, and I said Palante might find himself on the outside looking in. Yeah, you sent his ass down. Uh, well, this I didn't send him down. I had him there right through the end, and I hoped that he would make the team. But he, I also said that he's got to come up with some answers against right-handers, and uh, got into some of the numbers. Uh, did that uh, did that Redbird Report podcast today, Anthony? You should uh, listen to that. It was really good. But I got into some 101 of his
4: one on one ESPN app or one on one ESPN. Com. Yeah, wherever you get your
5: podcast yeah available there mm-hmm. uh but got into some of the numbers we, we all know he's better against lefties than he is righties uh but now he started 10 games for you last year maybe you do get him in that role because when you're looking at back end of the bullpen you know what you've got you've got helsley gallegos your setup guy Hicks, likely late you know, late game from right. the right side. And then my go-to reliever from the left side, if I'm looking for a punch out and somebody dominant, is Thompson. So those are the guys that I'm looking at the back end. So maybe you try to build Palante up a tiny bit more, but I feel like you need more than that even. You might need another one of those guys. And that's where the idea, like Dakota was not throwing the ball very well. Um, when your nickname is ball one, ball two, like that's not, <laughs> it's not exactly where you want to be. But you might need something like that. Because I don't know who else profiles to be able to do that. Maybe you build Verhagen back up. I've kind of liked Verhagen, the look of him in the sprint. Instead of him like thinking forward to the next inning and the next inning, he's looked good in small doses, but maybe you have to stretch him out as well. But I think it might change the way that you look at this bullpen. Could you stretch out Zach Thompson? I don't think I want to.
4: Because he, he, but he, he's a starter. He'll like, be a starter at some point, right? I would think so. But I want
5: to be able to use Zach Thompson like two out of three days. I feel like he's my... Unless in the next couple of days another lefty really emerges in this pen, all of a sudden you, you go... Uh, oh there he is there you are Henesis Cabrera throwing 97 98 with a curveball every once in a while one at your face and then boom <laughs> down and away like if that happens right. then I feel a little bit better about that idea but I don't want to go three innings with Zach Thompson to bridge a gap when I could use him two of three games to get out some really tough lefties late
4: so to the best of your knowledge how many guys can go back-to-back days in the in the in the bullpen. Early
5: on, you're going to be very careful with back to back. Anyhow, yeah. Um, I I do think that Helsley is going to have to show that he can do it more often. They they were very careful with him last year, and I think that you saw and they did the research on all this. They have all the research on recovery and what the numbers look like with certain rest and do the you know your spin rates and all that how much different they are but i think that they're going to need more out of gallegos geo can take the ball pretty much every day i think that he's one of those guys i think hick's going to have to take another step forward with that too he's been a couple been marred by injuries the last few years stratton is really the only guy that i look at in the bullpen that just answers the phone yeah i got it but i don't know if you want stratton in all these games
4: stratton right now would probably make the most sense as eating multiple innings
5: it's never really been
4: his gig though but he has been a starter before yeah and if you don't want to do that with zach thompson and you don't feel the reason why i asked you how many guys can go back-to-back days if you didn't if you if you were confident that more guys could go back-to-back days then that negates the the need to have that guy that can go three innings for you if your starter gets blown up but if you don't feel confident that you have multiple guys that could go back-to-back days, then you're going to need that middle reliever. And until you can get Pallante going, I think it's probably Stratton. Can I throw a name out to you
5: real quick? And if you like it, take it. If not, send it right back. Matthew Liberator.
4: Well, I'm all in. That's what I said. He's going to be a reliever.
5: Yeah. In a different capacity, though. He served as your long guy. I told you guys this after he threw last time against the Tigers. The best I've seen him look in a Cardinal uniform, velocity was 95, 96. He was throwing his breaking ball where he wanted to. He showed feel for his changeup, like all of the things that you wanted to see. And, oh, by the way, he was throwing strikes, and he was actually setting up hitters. Um, I I know in a perfect world you want him at Triple A to continue to build up to be ready to step into a rotation like that's what you want him to do. Super young still that that's the idea. But maybe for the beginning of the season he might be a good safety net for you in your bullpen.
4: It's a more it's a sexier option than than anybody else. Chris Chris Stratton for example. Yes. Andre Pellante.
5: who both are in this bullpen right now. The way that it shakes out. Right. Like right now, I think that if you're just going to go traditionally and you're not worried about the long man this news here having Woodford slide into the rotation having Wayne right out of it it puts Palante squarely in the bullpen whether he's had his issues with right handers or not like the right. stuff is going to play and you hope that he's able to make those adjustments here he'll get another game or two before the season starts and you hope you see good things And traditionally, it might open it up for another left-hander. So maybe that's uh, that's Cabrera, who is not squarely on the team, in my eyes at least. Um, Maybe it's Jojo Romero. Could be Suarez, who's had a really good camp. They sent down Masevich today, so he's not going to be in that conversation. But I don't know if they're going to value innings. I I wonder if they look at it and say, all right, this might not be the traditional pick that we'd like to have here, but we need to make sure that our bases are covered.
4: I'm going to cast my vote for Libertor
3: in
4: that spot. Now, I don't know if my vote counts. They say they say that every vote counts. So I'm going to just roll with that. I'm gonna, the vote. I'm going to cast my vote for Matthew lippert in though, that roll.
5: Uh, sometimes, Anthony, you, you live in a state where you know it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, they say your vote counts, but you know. You know it you, doesn't you matter. You know the color of your state. And yeah. It ain't, ain't going to work. D- you do it anyhow. Save the gas little, money. Don't go vote. You get a sticker. But, boy, you just know at the end of the day, you don't need to watch the news. This is moot. Your guy didn't win.
4: Right. But I'm going to cast for Libertor. Right. How about you? Yeah.
5: <laughs> <You're> not- <laughs> I think it's going to be another traditional lefty, and I think that they'll try to move pieces in and out as much as possible. You know what actually is another one that they could do, who was a starter uh, in the minor leagues? maybe you expand the role a little bit for Henesis. Like, get as much as you can out of Henesis Cabrera. If you're not sure that he can be that lights-out lefty, if Zach Thompson has overtaken that role in a big spot, you want a lefty, it's going to be Thompson, then why not stretch out Henesis Cabrera then?
4: I mean, he did it the, the one night, the, the Against night. Against the Cubs. Against the Cubs, yep. Sunday when night. Came out, right? Yeah, he went in there. He was four innings, I believe, yes. wasn't he? And he, was, and, and he was outstanding. Yeah, maybe that's the play. Okay, All Look right. at us
5: on the fly here. Yeah. Just coming up with stuff. Ollie we should, should call Ollie's us. advisors. Yeah, yes. totally.
4: Yep, yep. that we'll makes a lot him. of sense. What's Trending is next in the Fast Line on 101 ESPN.
5: The smartest
2: way to do your homework. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now, brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals.
6: welcome back to the fast lane here on 101 espn anthony stalter brad thompson i'm andrew marsh and it's time for what's trending and guys what's trending is the text line apparently
5: uh, we have something to resolve, Brad. Well, it's it's something that the text line always brings up great points, and if you'd like to have one of your great points read, you can send us a text, Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. This one comes from the 314, and it's something that we were talking about a little bit earlier, but I would like Anthony to expand upon this because, to be totally honest with you, I've just played along for years, but I, too, have no idea... What on earth Anthony's talking about? Here's the text. It says, Anthony, I've never understood the whole getting so-and-so back is as good as making a trade (laughs) thing that you always (laughs) reference. I don't understand how getting someone back from injury who is already on your roster is the same as making a trade. Why do you always say that? That again from the 314. Anthony, the floor is yours because I've been wondering the same thing forever. Being a great teammate, I never mention it, but now
4: that the text is here, please go on sure this is the power that bt and jamie have when it comes to reinforcing points or ideas or philosophies that i don't actually have i have long been the the person that has rallied against that thought because i too hate when people say it's as good as getting a player back uh you know or it's as good as making a trade it's not a trade it's not a trade at all it's not even close it's an injured player that is coming back i hate it it's one of my biggest pet peeves so what mm. what brad and jamie have done is they have twisted that to make it sound like i actually enjoy it and that's something that i say all the time and this texter now is reinforcing that or well, they're playing along which you know is, what this is i hate that it's you know, one of my biggest pet peeves.
5: It doesn't, you say it all the time, and now you're just backtracking. Typical radio guy, you just never, you don't hold anybody accountable. And that makes sense because you can't do it to
4: yourself.
0: Very true.
5: That's kind of what it means here. Uh, I'll drink to that. You know what I think that that is that you are just talking about right there? It brings back two shows ago, as I joined you, and Marshy talked to us about the Mandela effect. Where it's everybody <laughs> believes that something is true because it, we're just conscious uh, consciously like, well, Anthony says that all the time. Anthony right. but he doesn't say that all the time. <laughs> but we just keep fact, going with it, it. Is, is that kind of that's
0: along exactly, the exactly what it is So okay,
6: so that's what it is. It's when everyone believes that something happened or that Anthony said, Something we all believe it, but it turns out that it actually didn't happen. Yeah. But
4: enough
5: people believed it; they yeah. told other people, and now
4: it mm-hmm. is a truth. It's like uh, Marilyn Manson was took his rib out. It took his rib out. Yep, that's so one be more bendy. Yep. Wait, <laughs> that
6: didn't happen. No, what? I grew up believing oh, that rumor. Ex-
4: exactly. <laughs> he was also on Wonder Years. Oh yeah,
5: you were gonna go somewhere else. <laughs> I was gonna go
4: somewhere else with that. But I too heard that. Here's the beauty. Here's the beauty of that rumor, and though. He was on Wonder Years. Here's the here's the beauty of that ru- of that rumor. The so, Wonder Years one. Yeah. I missed that episode. So come out of your room. BT and I. BT and I are are the same age. But you grew up where? Las Vegas. Okay. I grew up, despite the fact that Jamie has Who me knows? in Detroit or San Jose. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. That is news to me. Yet Brad and I, we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have social media in the '90s. We heard the same rumor. He was in Nevada. I was in. I was so he's he's out west. I'm I'm Midwest, and we yet we heard the same how rumor. Did
5: those things. How did that happen?
4: Exactly. That is that is a phenomenon. They weren't talking about that on MTV. I don't no. think. So how does that happen? That's a great question. But you heard the same rumor. I heard the same rumor. And I did, too,
6: before
5: social media became a thing. Like,
6: I was super young when I heard that.
5: Yeah. Can we do, this would be a fun thing. It has to be, everybody's got to be in on it. Like, all these systems have to go down. How about a collective purge on all of social media for, let's call it a month where it's just a full month of like we the new we have to dig for news like you can watch the normal nighttime news but you're not going to pop in for any podcast you're not getting in for your social media hit i wonder if all the if we would get good information would it be misinformation would it be would we be healthier if we just did something like that
4: i don't don't know because and i'm not and i'm not being critical obviously we're in the media too but I, I think back to events, and and it's often the first thing that you heard, or the first opinion that you heard, and it winds up being the truth in your eye, in your mind, e- even though it's not the case. And I, I, I hate to bring up this example, but it is the one that pops into my head, Brad. When you and I were in high school in the nineties, uh, the tragedy out in um, Columbine, the, the Columbine mm-hmm. tragedy, the the shooting, Columbine. There was all this misinformation that was coming out. It was, you know, this trench coats and all It was all kind of perpetrated by the media because they were they're, they're getting this information They're just they're just running with it turns out a lot of this stuff wasn't true You only know this because you read the Columbine book, which was one of the honestly one of the best so told me books that I've I mean it was it was incredible But what do people say? You know, is they they were picking on athletes, and they're they're they getting back. It, it, nothing was further from the truth, and in fact, a lot of what they were doing was was kind of random. That wasn't their plan to go even go in the school. So, kind of long story short here. I don't even know, Brad, if we just did that, if we just kind of canceled out social media and just went with our traditional news sources. If you're necessarily getting. The accurate information. So what you're saying is that we all need to go on a darkness retreat. Yeah, we need to do the Aaron Rodgers thing. We go into the darkness and then we come out and we still can't make decisions.
5: Hmm. I don't. I, that's not what I'm saying. I oh. don't think. Oh, I, you I don't, don't want to do, do a darkness retreat. I, really? No, I just want to go back to where information isn't always right. You know what I want to say? I want to say this in in life. Like somebody comes up and asks me something, I want to say, I don't know. And then you're okay with it You don't just get on your phone and be like, well, here's the answer Like, I want I don't know to be an actual okay thing to say again Because it's unacceptable It feels now. dirty Oh, it just does? Just listening to it Anthony, ask me anything
4: um, Brad, what's the state capital of Washington?
5: I don't know I don't know what it is
4: you're looking up now.
5: Yeah, I'm on my phone. See, I can't handle can't, it. We yeah. can't handle not knowing
4: something. Right.
5: Yeah, I get it. It's elementary Spokane? school stuff. Of course it's Spokane. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, uh, text again from 314 says, This show takes the weirdest turns, yeah. and it's awesome. Never know what you're going to get. Thank you <laughs>
4: for that. It could be something like uh Marilyn Manson removing a rib, or yeah. uh the truth about the Columbine shooting. You yeah. never know. Know this. We have a
5: plan. All right, it's right in front of us. There's a rundown. It's where we're trying to get. Yeah. A to B to C to, you know, but sometimes you throw an audible out there.
4: Well, we like to say it's like you're driving on the highway and uh, you don't have a map. You just drive. You figure it out.
5: Some people are listening to you right now, Anthony, They say, what's a map? What is a map? You ever try to fold a map? That was harder than reading a map.
4: You're absolutely you ever right. You try to put that thing back? Folded sheet. <laughs>
3: Oh, the know, fitted the sheet, fitted, thank yeah. you.
4: Fitted sheet, one map, two. Apparently, in terms it's Olympia by the way. Olympia. <laughs> wow. Uh, we'll look it up. It's a fast lane on one hundred and one ESPN, and we've got Chris Kerber coming up in fifteen minutes. Coming up next, though, Andrew Kisner. Is his time running out in St. Louis? Talk about that and whether or not the Cardinals are going to be satisfied with what they currently have as a backup uh, catcher. That's next on one hundred and one ESPN. Why do you remove that rip? <laughs>
2: back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
4: You know, Marsh, Excuse me, March brought up a great point in the the break because we were going to talk about Andrew Kisner and whether or not his time in St. Louis is going to run it out because uh, yeah, it didn't look good last year, filling in for Yadier Molina, kind of got a, an extended opportunity. Didn't take a full advantage of it. And then he comes into spring training and he's battling out with uh, Trace Barreras to, Barrera to you know be the number two catcher behind Wilson Contreras. And now it looks like, Maybe Andrew Kisner's going to be on the outside looking in. Uh, Marsh, you had said maybe it's a situation where poor guy gets his pepper grinder routine stolen. Well, I wouldn't say stolen. Let's borrowed. say borrowed from borrowed. Lars Newbar. Lars, of course, goes plays with Japan in the WBC, becomes an instant sensation, and now Kisner might be completely gone off the roster. I feel bad. And the Lars is just getting all this credit now. He's grinding it out with Mm -hmm. Shohei. He's Mm -hmm. got BFFs.
5: Shohei already made him promise that he would play for Team Japan in 2026 in WBC. He said, don't forget those pepper grinders. I'm like, I got you because I came up with this. Right. Boy, do you think that's weighing on Kiz Daddy? You think that's a problem here? Yeah. That's why he's sitting here in spring training and he's 4 for 38 coming into action today? I don't know what happened today.
4: I think that's exactly what happened. He's thinking about it. Night in and night out. Mm. It was my pepper grinder routine. So Anthony, I'm gonna put
5: you in I'm gonna put you in Mo's shoes. And they could be whatever shoes you want. They could be a nice pair of loafers. He could be wearing khaki shorts with it, a nice polo sweater around his neck, whatever kind of shoes mm. that you picture your Mo in. I'm picturing spring training mo. So that's kind of uh, what, what I'm thinking. But put yourself in Moe's shoes. You're the front office. Yeah. You gotta make a decision on your catcher. Who is your Backup catcher to Contreras this year, Anthony.
4: He's playing for another team somewhere.
5: You're gonna go make a deal for a backup catcher? Yeah, that's a stupid idea.
4: But Bet I would never like talk to well. the president of baseball operations like that. So, <laughs> are you are you really satisfied with either option? Like this is the best you could do? Come on, they're fine. You know exactly, they're exactly.
5: But I'm ahead. not going. Uh, I'm not going at the eleventh hour though to get somebody outside the organization that doesn't know my pitching staff.
4: It's a great point. But I'm still I'm still looking, because if the you brought this point up two days ago when we were chatting with you, the backup catcher is likely to make at, at least one start a week, if not two, with Wills Contreras shifting over to the DH spot. Yeah,
5: probably 25 to 30 starts out of that job.
4: Are you okay with what you have now? You said it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Fine ish. It could be better.
5: Exactly. To to uh, borrow a Tommy Famism. Tommy, how you doing? Good. Could be great, <laughs> but <it's>, it doesn't <laughs> <working> seem like <laughs> on great. I don't it, think either of these guys are working on great right at this point. So you're going outside the organization and bringing somebody else in. Yeah. All right. I'm sticking with Kisner for right now, uh, and I'm doing it for simply the consistency of having him there. Mm-hmm. I believe that Kisner is a far better player. Okay, he's a better player. Than we've seen. I know he's a better hitter than we've seen at the big league level. Uh, I feel like maybe the wheels have been turning the inconsistencies of his job the last four years make it difficult last year to me and we talked about it in real time, it was supposed to be Kisner's coming out party. It was supposed to be, you don't need a catcher, because I'm your catcher. I'm going to go do it. And it, and he yelled instead, you guys should probably get somebody! <laughs>
0: like, <that's, laughs> I don't know if I can handle this!
5: <laughs> and Yvonne Herrera said, I agree! Please go get somebody! Like, that's the way that it looked in watching him. The Cardinals said, look, we listen, we watch, we've heard, we're going to go out, we're going to bring in Wilson Contreras on a five-year deal. Uh, but I I I still think that the fact that he's been around uh, he knows these guys and there's a certain energy that comes with that position and there's also a certain I'm sure that he still wants to be a starting catcher in the big leagues but he realizes like where his role is it was under Yachty it certainly is under Contreras now with some more reps with Contreras getting a a bunch of starts at the DH position you would think Uh, that he realizes that he is a backup catcher and he fits the role very well. What are you really expecting out of your backup catcher? I know Ollie talked about it the other day. He's like, I would it would be nice, and I can I can hear it in a snarky Ollie uh, Ollie voice, said, huh, like to have offense in nine spots. Like that would right. be that would be really good to end up having. Does Tres Pereira, does that really move the needle? Obviously not yep. for you, Anthony, because you just went outside the organization, made a deal for a guy that nobody knows anything about. Correct. Which could be a good idea yeah. at some point. It very well could be. But I think that for right His here, name is right Sean now Sean Murphy. Okay, well, you know what? I like what you did. That's a couple of good catchers you got there, Anthony. Hell, I would not like Sean Murphy in the first place. Straight. I thought he'd have been really good. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that I start with Kisner. But the, the larger question, like, is this time running out in St. Louis? I think it's pretty obvious. Like, the writing is on the wall that something's got to click for him. Like, mm-hmm. it's got to happen sooner rather than later. Because if, if the answer does, in fact, out of spring training, become Tres Barrera, Kisner's off the roster. You're not going to just carry—you're you're, you're, going to take him off the 40-man roster. You'll open him up to—I would think. You'd right. open him up to waivers. There's no point in continuing to carry him if you're putting another catcher on the roster and he's going to end up being the backup. So that would be the end of your time, assuming somebody maybe claims him, maybe you know want, wants to try a fresh start with Kisner. But I would start this season with it. Like, does that bother you? Is it No, no. And I guess maybe that just tells you the depth of conversation about baseball in St. Louis where we're digging into the backup catcher spot and it ends up being like, I want this guy, I want that guy. Most places don't really care about that. But it tells you kind of how good this roster is and how it could always, there's always a tweak or a piece that could be better.
4: Yeah, we're nitpicking at this point. Which is great. Yeah.
6: We did get a text from the 314. Instead of discussing Kisner, can you guys dive into who is behind the JFK assassination?
4: Yeah, we can. Uh, pro- likely multiple shooters, despite what you heard. It's the Cuban
5: government, Anthony. I'm pretty sure that well, everybody understands that this is one of the larger conspiracy theories that sure. has been out there for quite some time.
4: Yeah, I think I think it starts with the, the rifle that uh, was first announced that they were looking for um, and what was actually found in the... Uh, sixth floor of the book depository that day wasn't the same rifle that they initially were looking for something to think about okay well, i guess we got our three o'clock hour absolutely chris kerber next on 101 espn
2: we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
4: Next in challenging our idea, ideas here on the JFK assassination, uh, we'll get into that at some well, point. That's
5: why there are theories. I mean, there are a lot of different things to kick around here. That's why we have a well three-hour show. Today. Yeah, we'll get into all of them.
4: We can all agree that I mean it wasn't a, it wasn't just Lee Harvey. Oh, it's a little bit a little narrow view there. Yeah, magic, there magic bullet one. theory. Look at him go. What is this, the Matrix? Yeah, come nice on. Nice try, Neo. Not up in here. It's basically uh, physics.
7: Yeah.
5: By the way, Anthony, we did get a text a second ago that said that is the best take Anthony's ever had on this show.
4: That's a crap sandwich. Yeah, (laughs) I appreciate it, but that's a crap sandwich. Let's head to the Brown and celebrity line. Chris Kerber, the voice of the blues, uh, joining us right now. What's up, Kerbs? Anthony, how are you guys? Doing great. How was the DP57 return night? Did
7: you enjoy it? I did. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I talked to David this morning actually a bit about it, and uh, it, it even took him back. He said one of the things that uh, really surprised him more than he thought it would, like just the number of people that had signs at that game prior to the game was something that, that that grabbed him a little bit. So I think there's a tremendous amount of an appreciation, love, and respect between not just David and the fans, but right back from the fans to David.
5: Curbs, I know that we've kicked this around plenty, and uh, a lot of things have gone wrong for the Blues this year. It's a rebuild, retool, re-whatever you wanted to to do. Uh, but have you been able to encapsulate or at least have an idea of how much different you think this would have gone if, in fact, Perron were here? Or was it going to be the same thing with just Perron around? There's
7: no way to really know this. For sure. Uh, I, I actually... My belief is just based on chemistry, cap, character. Uh, I think there's a chance that the Blues found themselves in a playoff spot this year had you moved Vladimir Tarasenko a year earlier and found a way to kept David, keep David Perron and then maybe fill that hole with what cap space you had left. That, that That's what I believe there. I, I believe the loss of David Perron really impacted Ryan O'Reilly's play. I frankly think that even... You know, David Perron playing here in Detroit without Ryan O'Reilly. Those two had some great chemistry at their age and where they were at. That you know, I, I, I think David, you know, was better with Ryan than he's been with, with guys here in Detroit. You know, and, and having said that, he still put up, you know, a 43-point season. But, um, yeah, I, I think that that was part of uh, – and then just – I think he combined a lot of Sunquist, Perron, and others, just some character guys over the last year – made a big difference but yeah if there's one thing i think i would have liked to have seen happen is uh if, if you know is if you had made that move and been able to keep him, see if it made a difference and you know and in the end my gut says it would have but you know that's something we'll never really know i guess
4: curbs how ultimately do you feel that david perron will be remembered here
7: well, I, I mean, I think mean, much like just about every one of the players that was part of that championship team, they're going to be revered, uh, especially for the being the first championship team. So, you know, whether it be when Robert Bortuzzo hangs them up or Braden Shen or any of those, uh, you'll, you'll see a spectacular uh, ovation coming up here in a couple of weeks when the Rangers come to town with Vladimir Tarasenko and, and deservedly so. You know, you, you put 10 years with a franchise, you you gave them everything you got. You showed your love for the city and the city and, and the efforts you gave. I think it was all all fantastic. So, you know, I, I think probably down the road you're talking about David Perron being in the Blues Hall of Fame, uh, you know, that they started obviously last or this past season. And we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how that all plays out. But it's, it, it, it's a cool chapter in St. Louis Blues history to have lived through with these guys uh, because just how much fun they had and how good they were.
5: Curbs, I wrote down your uh, three C's, and I think that's something I'm going to use going forward. Chemistry, cap, and character. I like those three things uh, that you threw out there. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, Joel Hofer. He's making his fourth start in a row. He's been solid as can be. What, what do you make of the run that he's on and the way that the Blues are using him?
7: Well, I mean, look, this goes you know, with the, hey, let's see what some of the young guys can do, and there's an opportunity for him to step in and and get that role, he's he's played really really well, you know, for in the th- in the three games that he has played. Now, I, I think it's one of those opportunities. Get him on a run. Give him a taste of what the National Hockey League is. Uh, give him it, it really sets him up for the summer. You know, okay, this is this is what you're getting into next year when you're a full time NHLer, and uh, and it's also you know giving him some chemistry and get to know his teammates a little bit. David Perron, or I'm sorry, uh, Jordan Bennington went on the ice, got some extra work today. And then with the return of Thomas Grice coming back to Detroit, they decided to put Thomas Grice on the bench to back up Holford tonight uh, instead of Bennington. But I think it's just a chance for him to really get to know the routine. His teammates travel a little bit. You know, having having said that, you know, the three games that that he's played, you've got the Capitals, you've got the Jets, and you've got the Red Wings. Two of the three teams are outside of the playoffs, struggling a little bit. You know, a good solid Winnipeg Jets team, but the Jets had been really battling their team game as well. So I don't read, to be honest with you, too much into the success of him right now because the Blues are a team that can play more loosely because they know they're out of it, that kind of thing. But I love the experience that he's getting and and what it's going to mean to set him up for the offseason and into next year.
4: Kerbs, what are some things as we start to wind down now the regular season that that you would love to see, or that you feel like Craig Berube or Doug Armstrong want to see out of this
7: team? Well, we're gonna we're gonna see Jake Neighbors on the top line with Robert Thomas tonight, uh, and so you know, continued just progress for these guys and the experience to get is going to be invaluable to a turnaround and, and a quick one at that if you're able to do it. So I think that that's that's what I'm kind of looking for is how some of these young guys and the new guys continue to play, and you hope that guys like Baron and Kaepernick continue to play as well as they have and carry that into their off season. And I'm also looking, if you look at the last few games, I, I just think the defensive structure and commitment to defense in the in the defensive zone has been better as a unit of five, and so that setting the temperature for that um, play. For the rest of this season, I think is another thing that sets you up. So everything that's going on in my mind is how are you setting yourself up for next year, and those are two factors for me. All
5: right. So along those line uh, lines, curbs of setting yourself up for next year, from a fan standpoint, how should how should we be looking at this when it comes to wins and losses for the Blues? The Blues are out of it. So the the more you win, it's it's nice and you're building chemistry and guys are starting to uh, take those steps forward. But you're also just getting further down there when it comes to the draft how big of a deal do you think that part of it is like how, how highly stacked or top heavy is the talent maybe in this year's draft
7: I'm, I'm told it's a deep draft I'm told it's a good draft there's different players that can be effective for you in this draft that's that seems to be a consensus across the board but in, in my opinion look you, you enjoy the fact that the team's got 12 games to go Uh, you go and you watch them and you watch the guys play. And if they lose, just don't get too worked up because it means you get a better draft slot. You know, look, I don't think it benefits this team necessarily to go on a bender and all of a sudden find seven or eight wins in their last 12 games while it feels good. Great. But yeah, I, I think if you're the St. Louis blues, you know, if I'm being honest with you, I want to see you stay inside that top 10 range with a top 10 pick and maybe, you know, get, Get lucky to win the draft lottery, and and, and maybe you move to the first overall pick. I know the chances are slim, but there is a chance. We have seen some teams move up in that draft lottery. Maybe you get the second overall pick. So, uh, you know, when when the Dallas Stars missed the playoffs after the Blues beat them in the 2016 playoffs, they missed in 17. They won the draft lottery and ended up with a third overall pick, and in doing so, picked Miro Heiskanen, who's their number one defenseman right now. So, if you're going through the pain, let's let's rip the band aid straight off, go through the pain and, uh, for the final 12 games and and really get as high a draft pick as we can, which I know it's counterintuitive for the competitive side of you, but I just there's a chance here. Now, having said all that, Brad, I talked to Al McKinnis and a great comment. He goes, he said, you know, yep, you're right. The, the, the higher the draft pick, the better. You want as high draft pick as you can get. He goes, but sometimes you end up picking a better player at nine than you would have picked up at fourth like okay that's another philosophy to go with <laughs>
4: <laughs> i mean it is true though i mean you think you think about yeah. how the the draft is not an exact science and sometimes you do just benefit from sitting and saying okay i'm going to take the, the best player on our board and let everybody else make the mistakes in front of
7: us well no that's right and you know so sometimes you think well this is a sh-. well okay let's let's look at when, when the blues had the first overall pick in 2006 pretty much except for two or three teams eric johnson was the consensus number one overall pick well the number two pick wound up being jordan stall and then the blackhawks at three took jonathan taves yeah in hindsight do you take taves first do you take stall first both of them won stanley cups as well you know so it, it, it is one of those kind of things where but i still think you just want to give yourself the best all-around chance in that and look I'll go back to that Dallas Stars draft where I mentioned Haskinen. They missed the playoffs in six, or they made the playoffs in 16. The Blues beat them uh, in the second round. In 17, they missed the playoffs. And they ended up with two first round picks. They win the draft lottery. They take Haskinen. They had made a trade to get a late first round pick. And with the 26th overall pick, they took Jake Ottinger. He's now their number one starting goaltender. And then a little later in the draft, they kind of hit that goldmine by taking Robertson outside of the first round. That's the kind of draft that if the Blues are able to have, this turnaround can be real quick on the ice.
4: Curbs, you uh, you go out anywhere last night in the beautiful city of
7: Detroit? Yeah, we found a uh, we found a good Italian restaurant. Found this uh, found this area called Corktown that had some good classic old bars. And this one bar we found ourselves in was apparently uh, apparently opened up in 1913. So good old uh, good old character place. There you go. Anthony,
5: did you grow up near that place? Uh, Corktown.
4: I didn't grow up there, Brad, but I did live there for for quite a while. So make your way over to Greektown if you can, Curbs.
7: Okay, and you know what? We used to stay at the Athenium Hotel or Athenium, however you pronounce it. Yeah. And uh, so used to go to, into Greek Town. There, we were up here for Thanksgiving one time. I joined. I went into a poker tournament. Ended up winning the poker tournament at the nice. Greek Town uh, Casino. There you go. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I claim the win because we got down to three people, and everybody decided to chop. But I think if you get to that point, you're chopping. You got to claim you won it, right?
5: Oh, well, you yeah, won that yeah, thing. Absolutely. Curbs. Yeah, absolutely. Hands down. Yeah, okay. Exactly. 100%. You, gave, you did yeah. them a favor, is
7: what you did. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Curbs have a great call tonight. We'll be listening.
7: All right, you guys, have an awesome day. Good luck. Right, thanks.
4: thanks. Thank you. That's Chris Kerber, Voice of the Blues, right here. in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN Blues Red Wings pregame starting at 5 o'clock tonight. It's an East East Coast, uh, not East Coast, but it's an Eastern time zone start. So 6 o'clock here locally. 5 o'clock is the pregame. BT and I got you covered into, until 5 o'clock. Jamie Rivers will join us in about an hour or so. We're going to research from Detroit, Anthony. I'm not from Detroit. That no, that's something that jamie likes to say how long we've been friends long time i don't know enough about you
5: well get to know me all right okay all right
4: from san jose everybody knows that Makes sense. we're gonna reset our brackets next on 101 espn
2: we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
4: thompson filling in for jamie rivers i'm anthony salters a fast line on 101 espn in 10 minutes we're gonna have jake sutherland on he's the battle hawks tight end so we'll talk to him ahead of this weekend's game but we also want to reset our brackets got the games going on again tonight sweet 16 starts tonight bt how's your bracket looking
5: looking uh not great anthony not great thank goodness fan duels around because i can reset every day over there
4: you have three of the four left i imagine
5: uh, well, we're not even that good. Nah, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know, Anthony. I filled out. I gotta be totally honest with you. I filled out so many brackets. Oh. I don't know what I'm rooting for, and I wasn't smart enough to take pictures of all of these. <laughs> so I'm really just putting my faith in everybody that I've handed these brackets to to do to me solid on this Makes and sense. tell me uh, tell me that I've won. All right, let's I go get Texas riding though. Okay, I so did maybe back the horns
4: maybe this plays into the first question here. Most impressive team so far in Texas. the NCAA tournament. Texas for you?
5: I like what they're doing. They're, they've shown that they can win multiple ways. That's the thing. In, mm-hmm. in, in one of their first wins, I think they drained like 13 threes. Last time they drained one and figured out just different ways to get it done. They're physical. They're rangy. They do a lot of things really well. I think that especially with, I think they're well coached, even though their season has not had a little turmoil in the coaching ranks. Yeah, I feel like they've done a good job. Marsh? I'm gonna go with UConn.
6: I like your pick right now, Anthony. I think you have them in the Final Four. I have them winning. Okay, there you
4: go. But you're right. Yes, so I do have them in the Final
6: Four. Both of those teams that they've played, they took down Iona and St. Mary's. They beat them pretty handedly, and they look pretty good so far. Uh, taking on Arkansas, who has also been a, a pretty good team so far as well. But UConn is my team.
4: You know, for me, I think it's I think it's UCLA, but just because of the injuries, and you know, we thought, okay, well, could they could they stumble a little bit? And despite having multiple injuries, they they cruise to their first, you know, their first win against U um, uh, N C A, and then Northwestern gave them a little bit of a game. But again, it, when you look at U C L A, they're they're two seed dealing with not you know multiple injuries coming into the tournament, and we'll see how they do tonight against Gonzaga. Uh, but for me, it's it's UCLA.
5: How did nobody do? What was the question? Most impressive? Yeah. How did how did nobody land on Princeton? What Princeton's been doing to this point?
4: You know, for me, it's day, Princeton. Buddy. It's Princeton, guys. Upsetting right. Arizona in the first round, and then going to <laughs> get, taking on Mizzou and hitting thirty six point five percent from the three from three point range. Yeah, dismantling them, pretty much in control. But for me, it's Princeton.
5: I feel like that's a really good reset. If you're going with the team that you didn't expect to do it, doesn't that tell you though? Veteran team, got a got a system, can right. do a lot of things well. Those are the type of teams that can be dangerous. Like your one and done team could get bounced pretty easily. Your transfer portal, guys coming in and out. I like what Princeton. I got Princeton winning again against Creighton.
4: Do you? Yeah, look I got them on a roll. How about that? Most surprising team so far. Oh, Princeton. Yep, there we go. I didn't know that there
5: was another question.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so Brad just broke down why why it's Princeton for him.
6: Marsh. Yeah, that's where I had Princeton slated, but since BT has them there, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna Tennessee. Look at our
5: questions. <laughs> Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh,
6: Tennessee's my most surprising team after their uh, SEC tournament they lost against mizzou i didn't really have them going this far i had duke actually coming out of the east but uh so far the the volunteers have looked pretty good so and they got an fau team who i don't think they've been all that tested of course they played fairly dickinson in the second round who's not the greatest team 16 ever 16 over a one exactly yeah, sorry the, knocked uh, off for don't what's that what's that saying though you know anthony you didn't have a lot of faith in those Boilermakers.
4: but uh, Tennessee.
6: Reason. Tennessee is my most surprising team so far.
4: Well, this is what I did. I uh, I wrote down Princeton. Brad uh, took that off the board, and then I wrote down Tennessee. Marsh, you took them off the board. So, Yo, you for me, can
5: agree with things, Anthony. Like, you no, it's no fun.
4: That's no fun. Michigan State, even though it's Tom Izzo. Mm-hmm. That's surprising. They, cr- to you?
6: they crushed. They crushed USC. <laughs> well, it's surprising because Anthony had USC in the Final Four. If
4: I just
0: switched them, you
4: know, if I just, I had the right idea, Marsh. You were picking one from there.
0: I to was roll.
3: picking
4: one for, exactly. You, you look at that region and that region, nobody really stands out. I, I wasn't a believer in Purdue. I wasn't. You know, everybody was picking I liked Duke. A lot of people thought Marquette which is why I went with USC if I just did Michigan State as opposed to USC I would have been in good shape but no I think I think Princeton is the actual answer here I mean the most surprising team thus far you get a 15 over a two they were a six and a half point dog against Mizzou and really controlled them from the onset and this is a team now at BT BT noted it you kind of believe in them now with the way that they have looked the way that they have played you know they're not they're not great in anything yet no you wouldn't know it based on their two games it's Princeton. Give me the nine and a half points against Creighton and I
5: feel really good about things. Like if you're going to lay your cash down give me the smart kids over at Princeton. The the Ivy kids. Yeah.
4: Most likely to be upset in the Sweet 16. I think Brad you've already said yours. I think you're going with Creighton. Yeah I don't know if I fully believe that. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, K-State. K-State being upset?
5: Yeah. (laughs) Michigan State's going to win. Tom Izzo your boy. Tested.
4: Okay. Battle tested. Is that a big enough upset for you or no? Yeah, it's fine, except for Michigan State's favor. What do you mean? I'm, t- I'm going seeding. Okay, that's that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> going seeds here. I'm going seven.
5: Seven's a number. Seven's a number. All right, then I'll go back to Princeton. <laughs> it's all he's gambling with you, Anthony. Can't just be where our team was coming into things,
4: can it? I'm just trying no to help. Way. It's not helping. Okay. I don't have an upset in this round. How about that, Chalky McChalker? Said, "How's that
5: going to go for you?" I
4: don't think my I don't think Miami's upsetting Houston. I don't think Xavier is upsetting Texas. Uh, Princeton I think keeps it close, but I think Creighton advances. I don't think San Diego State is upsetting Alabama. Tonight's games I, I don't I I have UConn winning it all. You know Gonzaga wouldn't be much of an upset as a one point underdog, and fl- I think Florida Atlantic's kind of finally met met their match here. They, they weren't overly impressive against Fairleigh Dickinson, so I don't have an upset in the Sweet 16. I think it's going to be chalk.
6: Now that you said that, Anthony, I have Miami upsetting Houston. Uh, last time you said Miami would lose. Well, uh, they didn't. Drake, we took Drake
4: for our fade or follow
6: and it uh, didn't go that well.
4: Yeah, they had to go. This Miami had to go on a 16-1 run Anthony. to end it. Drake got one point in the final six minutes or something. It's called good defense. It's a defense. total floak. Floak. Defense.
6: Floak. It's a total floak. Defense. They floaked up. They floaked up. Happened.
4: Exactly. All right, final four lock. I'm going with UConn. I'm sticking with them. Just
5: locked in. Yep. I'm sticking with Texas. I think they roll. And I know I realize that's putting them over a one seed in Houston, but I, I've got them on the roll. Margie.
4: I'm going with the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's probably the safe choice. All right, we have Jake Sutherland coming up. He's the Battlehawks' tight end. We'll talk to him about the season thus far and uh, make, maybe take a look ahead to the Vegas Vipers. That's the next game for the Battlehawks.
5: Freaking Vipers. Yeah, man.
4: I know. Yeah, even though they moved. I
5: don't care what city they're in. Those Vipers.
4: Well, just they're just Vegas disgusting. Now.
5: They're disgusting, Anthony.
4: You kind of like them though? Because they're a little, Vegas? There's, team. there's something
5: there. Yeah. There's a little something there that's got me feeling like, hey, it's better than they were in Tampa Bay.
4: Sure. Yeah. I kind of like the Unis too. A black, red, and white. Oh, no. They're
5: pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I think we should uh, hate another team.
5: Who do you want to hate? DC Defenders?
4: I mean, they look good. Freaking defense. That's why we yeah. hate them though. Right. Abram know? Smith running all over us. Oh, stop it. Jerk doing his job and stuff. Jake Sutherland next. I want to win a spin?
2: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101
4: ESPN. With Brad Thompson, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's a Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. The Battle Hawks hit the road this weekend as we'll take on the Vegas Vipers. What
5: a terrible place to have to go. Go out to Vegas. That's rough for a team to have
4: to do that. You That's know? your
5: hometown. No, it's the best place to go. It's fantastic.
4: Yeah, but uh still, you know, the Vipers are, no, they we, get a butt they got, got, got a butt got whooping coming. More, Absolutely. Be, joining us right now via the Brown and Kruppen celebrity line is Jake Sutherland, the Battlehawks tight end. Uh Jake, how you doing today? Thanks for joining us.
1: What's all, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me.
4: Oh, it's our pleasure. What what has it been like the last two weeks? Because you guys you guys hit the road the first three weeks. So you had you got your first taste two weeks ago going to the Battle Dome. What was what was your take?
1: Oh, the Battle Dome was. You had to be there to kind of experience what we felt, what the fans felt. Um, it was it was incredible. I know people say that St. Louis is one of the best, if not the best. Uh, sports, sports cities in the, in the, in the nation. And I would definitely argue that they are one of the best. It was incredible.
0: Jake, I I
5: I've seen the, the videos of you. First of all, you were out there pumping up the crowd. You're on the bench, getting them going and everybody's <laughs> cuck on their asses off. And then you got, uh, you're getting your guys all hyped up. Has that always been you like throughout college over at Moorhead, like throughout your career, have you been that guy that gets the guys going?
1: Um, I usually, if I need to, uh, I'm definitely not afraid to speak up and and kind of get 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 the teammates hum- pumped up and and hyped up. Um, that's kind of my uh, my forte when it comes to just talking to the guys. I'm, I'm pretty high energy guy, so uh, when needed, I definitely definitely step in and do it.
4: What kind of personality is A.J. McCarron, and what were your thoughts when you knew that you were going to be playing on the same team as his? I mean, obviously, uh, he comes with a very decorated college career and spent some time in the NFL. What's it like uh, pairing up with A.J. McCarron?
1: Uh, it's it's an honor. Um, it's, A.J. is a great teammate, great leader, great human being, um, and to kind of speak on the football side of things, very intelligent, very knowledgeable. Um the, the way that he carries himself and, and helps out the offense it's kind of elevates everybody else's game um, helps the young guys learn make sure the the older guys the leaders um, the other leaders are and check and, and do what we need to do on a day and a day basis. Um, but it's like I said, it's an honor. It's it's awesome. We're talking to
5: BattleHawks tight end Jake Sutherland. Jake, uh, w- when you think about the, it really is a relationship between quarterback his receivers. I mean, really, I mean he's a leader leader of the team anyhow. But how long does it take? And maybe you, maybe you're already there. Maybe you're still working there to really get on the same page, know what he's thinking. That communication. How difficult is that with a new
1: quarterback? It's um it's always going to be a work in progress I would say um you you never never perfect I mean you look at guys that were in college and got it for 4 years they start to to click and but it's really just kind of getting used to how a certain player runs a route how the quarterback likes the route ran where we need to be at in certain coverages um it, it's always going to be a work in progress but I feel like um us the the skill guys that that are running routes for AJ um I think we've picked up pretty fast and I think AJ has also done the same thing as far as like how how we run our concepts and everything. Um but like I said it's always going to be a work in progress.
5: Are these things that you guys talk over at dinners that uh, he should probably be paying for with parts of 6 years in the league? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. We don't we don't we don't make him pay for anything.
5: <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, once probably.
1: Yeah, it, well, and, uh, he should be
4: off. Or or at, at least, really, yeah, he, ha-
1: he has taken he has taken some of us out to dinner a couple times. But, oh, that's no, good. Yeah, somebody else out of the kindness, kindness of, right? <laughs> of his heart. Yeah, yeah. There you
5: Somebody go. else on the team's listening. He's like, He did when? <laughs> yeah, when? Oh, really?
4: Great. I feel bad. <laughs> uh, Jake Sutherland, Battlehawks. I forgot the memo. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot to get the memo. Yep, Battlehawks uh, joining us, Jake. Anthony Becht seems like a perfect fit for this Battlehawks team and we, we've heard other players say I would have I wanted to play for Anthony Becht and he was the one that, you know, reached out and winds up being a Battlehawk. So when it comes to Anthony Becht, what's what's the best thing about being coached by the former tight end?
1: I mean, I think he just took the words right out of my mouth, right? Former tight end, um, specifically for myself, right? He's he's able to to help us out. Um, he's been in our shoes, right? He played in the league for I think 12 years, so he's got a lot of knowledge. Um, and then it's kind of speaking on the person that he is, he's an amazing, another one of those amazing human beings. Um, he can fire us up, he can get us in check. Um, and playing for Anthony Allen was also one of those players too. When I when I found out he was uh, one of the head coaches um, for the Battlehawks, I was like, that's what I want to play for, right? Because I want to learn from the best.
5: Jake, this is your second time playing in the XFL before, unfortunately, the season got cut short. 2020, you were playing with the Guardians. Now, obviously, you're with the Battle Hawks, and you found yourself on the right side of things. What is, is there a rule or a concept or something that the XFL has done that you really like? Is there like one of the rules that you cling to? Because it really is a totally different thing than we've ever seen, and I find it to be just incredibly exciting with the rules the way they are.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I like all the all the changes. Um, in 2020, it took some getting used to. Um, 2023 for some of the guys, it took some getting used to with the, the different type of kickoff, um, the one or two point, one, two or three point conversions. Um, I personally like the, the fourth and 15 rule.
8: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that's something that, honestly, every level can adopt just because onside kicks are so hard. Um, I think that fourth and 15 really keeps that game exciting, especially when... Teams are down a couple scores. They score with a minute and some change left, and it, 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 like I said, just keeps the game exciting. I, I really like that rule.
4: We're talking to Jake Southern, the Battle Ox tight end here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jake, thus far, only two losses, and they, they came against the same team, uh, the D.C. Defenders. What, what's one area that D.C. has excelled in thus far that that you guys know, hey, we, we need to shore this up if we're going to make a deep run when it's all said and done?
1: Um, just speaking from an offensive standpoint, I think their defense does a really good job of, of mixing up coverages, hiding things very well. Um, They play well with with a lot of emotion. Um, Like I said, I think they're a very good football team, but I I have no doubt in my mind we'll see them a third time, and it should definitely be a different uh, outcome.
5: Jake, uh, explain to me, and I think I understand the gist of it, but this is something that's very consistent with you as I've creeped along your life on Twitter, which is a great thing to do. (laughs) It looks like you got engaged. Did you get engaged?
1: Uh, married, actually, yes. Wow!
5: I mean, you just went for it totally. <laughs> <laughs>
1: congratulations, yeah. congratulations, Jake. Kind of, kind of. Thank you, thank you. Me and me and my wife have been together for like six plus years. So, um, it was time we got, kind of decided it was about time. <laughs> yeah,
5: I'm sure she decided for you that it was about that time to do that. Uh, but the, the other thing that I noticed as I was creeping through your life every day, it's one percent better. You tweet one percent better. Why did that start for you, and what does that mean to you?
1: Um, it, honestly, the, the reason I do it, um, reminds myself that I can always get better. Um, and even like I like I always say 1% better, even if it's, if I get 1% better on a daily basis, um, that's a lot of percentages throughout the month, throughout the week. Um, it should add up. Right. Uh, and I also do it, uh, cause I know people follow me and, and people pay attention to me. So I also do it for the, for the people that do pay attention to me. Um, to give them a reminder as well that they can also get better in whatever facet at, facet of life they they want to.
4: Hey, uh, Jake, when it when it comes to, uh, I just want to make sure that you know if anybody wants to follow you on on Twitter, oh. throw throw a shout out there. Well,
5: I, I got you, Jake. At Jake Smash zero <laughs> zero four. Is that correct?
1: Yes, sir. That's Instagram and uh, Twitter. There you go. All right. You want to so.
5: get one percent better. I mean, I just creeped along your life. You just got to follow from me. I'm in. Mean, I want to see. I want to get one percent better every day because I feel like I'm going the wrong direction, Jake, at times.
1: It's uh, it, it's difficult sometimes. There's no, uh, there's no straight path. But um, in all honesty, you choose your own path, and and you choose how bumpy or how smooth it is, depending on how hard you want to work.
4: I like that. Absolutely, well said, Jake. Best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Appreciate you guys.
4: Y'all have a good rest of your evening. You too, thanks. That's uh, Jake Sutherland, Battlehawks Tight End. Good stuff there, good positive you know, energy. I,
5: uh, I have one thing to say, which is two words. There's a hyphen in the middle. Kaka! Oh, cacaw!
4: I thought you were going to go something else. I really did. What do you think I was going to say? Because we are leading, I mean, we leading, to, of course, to the cacaw. But I thought, you know, with you you're going to go a different different route i don't know how
5: would you think that it it was a battle hawks interview yeah Uh, jake sutherland was great he's got big energy you're not conventional i wanted to caca now i do think actually though if we could get him back on the line i would like to get his thoughts on conspiracy theories where he's at with the jfk stuff bigfoot nessie like there's a lot we could get into with
4: him oh 100 yeah i get one
5: percent better on those things
4: yep definitely we got to go through the conspiracy. I, th- I think we should dedicate an entire show to conspiracy theories. Well, it's we did get a text. Hour.
6: We did get a text from the 314. Can you guys discuss in the 3 o'clock hour where Jimmy Hoffa is buried?
4: Yeah, BT's got some some good thoughts on that. He he. I think you've narrowed it down to three places. I have. Yeah. I have. But so.
5: I know where it is. But I'll, I'll give you three just so not everybody starts digging around. Yeah, it's right. a nice place. Don't need you putting holes in it.
4: 5.15. We'll, we'll hit that. It's fascinating on 101 ESPN. You want some Snoop Dogg uh, tickets? Dizzle. Well, you're not eligible, but oh. if you're listening, you are, because we have your chance right now to win a pair of lawn tickets to see Snoop Dogg with Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, Warren G, and more. They're going to be playing at the Hollywood. Hold on Warren G's? Yeah, with Warren them G's too? with them, absolutely. And Too Short? That's correct.
5: <sighs> too Short used to say one word all the time, and it made him rich. Uh huh. It's rhymed with rich.
4: Sure. That's July 16th. They're gonna be playing at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Tickets now are now on sale, or you could text in and win free tickets 314-399-9646. Here's your question for today. Snoop Dogg uh did did a small role in the movie uh Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, he did. What was Snoop's name in the movie? If you have that answer, I know the answer and, actually he hand down.
5: wore a fur coat.
4: Nope. Uh you're not eligible. Three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. If you're the hundred and first texter with the correct answer, you're gonna go see Snoop Dogg on July sixteenth. There you
5: have it. You like Starsky and Hutch? You like that movie?
4: Yeah, solid. Absolutely. It's fine. The remake <laughs> or the? Of course, the remake. Yeah, the, remake. the one that yeah. Snoop was in. Yeah. Right. The yeah, Snoop wasn't was... in the original. I imagine. Well,
6: obviously, but I'm
5: asking
4: yeah. which one that you like. No, that's fine. Yeah, with Owen. Uh, with um. With Ben and Owen. Yeah.
5: You like blondes or brunettes? <laughs> <laughs> blondes. good because I'll take anything.
4: <laughs> uh, speaking of that, Jamie Rivers is with us at uh, four fifteen. Jamie's going to join us from Detroit. Yeah, it's a perfect segue for Jamie. So we do have our sports six pack. Worst time to do this the uh, the Snoop Dogg tickets right now because I'm going to remind you that if you have a question, Marsh is going to sift through all the uh, the questions and also the Snoop Dogg references. Yeah, we're getting a lot of answers, not questions, to this uh, tax line. Well, send in a question too because we got our sports six pack next in the fast line.
2: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question.
5: Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports
2: 6-Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer. The original St. Louis craft brewery.
4: time for the sport six back with brad thompson i'm anthony Stalters, andrew marsh question number one all right gentlemen let's start with thanks
6: dad uh he has a question what are the chances david perron comes back for round four with the blues in a few years
5: pay him when it's too late that would be pretty good that's like when the cardinals get max scherzer like ah we got him <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but
4: one year full off yeah, the table but-
5: but, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, I I don't think so. Mm-mm. I think I the think damage out. is done right yes. now. D- David seems hurt from how it went down. Yeah. And he, he obviously wanted to be here. He made the mistake of saying so, and you know how <laughs> army is with feelings. <laughs> oh, do you? Oh, you got some feelings, oh, do you? Yeah. Ryan said that, here. too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and, and Petro and you know basically anybody that's gone they said they wanted to stay. Back uh, no, I just don't see it. I, I don't see a homecoming. It happened twice already, and yeah. it was it was fantastic. And his career will be remembered very well here in St. Louis, and especially the the transition that he made from like young flashy player to veteran leader that is respected. But I don't I don't think I see a third round.
4: I don't either. He's 34 years old. I think he he wraps up his crew in Detroit, and that's it.
6: Question
2: number two.
6: From the 618, do you think with the shift going away, it will have a negative effect On a pitching staff that relies heavily on
5: ground balls, much like the cards. Yes, I do. But I think that the I think it'll come out in the wash a little bit. I I think offensively you'll have more of a boost there. So I don't think that it's gonna be that crazy. The Cardinals are very fortunate too to have rangy defenders. So I think they'll be able to, with their athleticism, get to balls that other teams won't. And they'll still find themselves in good positions. To me, one of the bigger things is not the part of the rule we all know you can only have two infielders on each side of the base but one of the bigger things that took away hits was your second baseman playing way out in right field I think you'll see more sneak through that way Cardinals do have a lot of guys that get ground balls but I think that they'll also steal some runs that way so we'll see more offense overall and I think that's actually come to be true so far in spring training
6: question number three From the six six one guys just found out my wife and I are making a playoff call-up with a baby boy in early October All right, congratulations Congratulations. The question What's one piece of advice you can offer to a first-time dad when it comes to kids and sports start early? Or let them discover on their own need some help.
4: Well, I I would still I I would introduce sports to them early brad can kind of speak to having you know he's dylan's a little bit older than uh my oldest madeline we we have introduced basketball soccer t-ball uh they're too young yet for flag football though that i think could be next year for killian but introduce them but don't my my best piece of advice don't have expectations on it because i i started to feel like oh well they're not into any sport then great they're never going to play sports and that that's that that can't be the case it's just they they don't they didn't take to it right away don't compare them to other kids either madeline's six but she's a young six because she was born in the summertime so kids her age are actually a full year older than she is it's a massive difference and i'm sitting there like i'm failing her look at susie susie's out here uh deacon everybody in the soccer field yeah,
5: she's also a year older and likely on PEDs.
4: probably or You've have seen older her brothers parents, so don't compare know. don't have expectations it's all about it, exposing them to a sport you may go through five sports before they realize either i like this one or i haven't found mine yet or i like to you know i'd rather i don't know play guitar whatever yes. it is uh, so that'd be my best best piece of advice. Because you don't want to fo- you don't yeah. want you don't want pressure. Dude, find what
0: they love to do, and I would Definitely. say
4: along those lines.
5: Because I agree with you, have everything out there. Because that's one one of the biggest things, specifically more so with my son who's into more sports. Uh, I don't want him to feel like oh, I was like a dad play baseball. I gotta play baseball. I gotta right. love it. Like, and I feel like he falls into that sometimes where he feels like he's got to say the right thing or do it. Like I, I told him, I go, I don't care if you love soccer. I'm gonna love soccer. I'll figure it out. Found yeah. out that you guys don't do a jump ball or anything right in the beginning. There's no kickoff there's no, no. it right out there you just go boop and then we're off in plan just like the city they're doing it aren't they yeah, With, for no yeah look at them go uh but i would also say this uh, and along the lines of introducing them to everything you text into a sports show you're a sports fan you're watching sports at home make that part of your quality time like sit there with your kid and watch these sporting events and like get them into it that way too i think if you watch it a little bit you'll want to end up trying to play it
4: if you're excited about it the kids will be excited typically the kids will be excited too
5: you don't usually have kids that are like uh like oh i love star wars like do your parents like star wars no right like they're into what you're into
4: yeah Unless, you know, somebody in their class is really into Star Wars. That that has happened, too. They get a little fired up. To, all of
5: a sudden, it's something. Where did that come from?
4: Yeah. Yeah, because I, I haven't introduced... Like, I, I enjoy the superhero movies, but I, I, I'm not going to seek them out. And all of a sudden, Killian, Killian starts spouting off some superhero stuff. He's like... And I'm like, well, where did this come from? Well, that's because... One of his guys in his class. Killian's basically the Hulk, though. That kid can smash things. I don't know if there's a superhero that loves to take his head and uh, ram it into things, but um Killian's that superhero.
5: Yeah. I don't know who that would be other than maybe the Hulk again. Maybe, there is
6: yeah. a uh, a supervillain that does that. That rams his head into things. Yeah, it seems
4: the the Juggernaut. Oh yeah, oh, the Juggernaut. That's, right. that's Killian. Oh, the He's Juggernaut. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. He's the Juggernaut. Which is not good because head injuries uh that's, you know, very serious.
5: I mean, it doesn't affect everybody, though.
4: Not true. Doesn't affect the juggernaut.
5: So. See, he's He's got one of the, that metal helmet, doesn't he? You
6: guys yeah, remember we, when the Brewers were a juggernaut? I as do. Anthony claimed them to be. Yep. At one point. Two years ago, they won the division. Mm. Question number four. This that was great. It. This is a great text from the six three six. You guys, do you guys play pranks on each other? If so. You should mess with Jamie when he calls in and ask him his opinion on the breaking news of Jordan Walker being sent down to Memphis.
5: Boy, here's the risk of that. First of all, I don't want to put Jamie in a bad position on air. If we're going to pull pranks on each other, I feel like it should be off air. Yeah. The second part of that is you're going to get somebody listening, and more than one somebody <laughs> who's call. in for a second, then out for a second, like they're picking up their kid at soccer or something like that. Yeah. All they hear is Jordan Walker got sent down. They tweeted out. They said it on ESPN, and all of a sudden, we're the assholes <laughs> that, that, that came up with, uh, with one of these. So I like the idea of the prank. Yeah. But I don't know if that is the time to do it.
4: Typically we don't though. To answer the question, we don't we don't we don't do a ton of pranks.
5: No. Ja- I was just gonna say Jamie's the guy, Anthony, that you prank him and Jamie doesn't think it's funny. He gets angry and then wants to burn down your house.
4: Yeah, and then he actually does it. Correct. It's like who's laughing yeah. Yeah. now? It like, ha, ha, ha.
5: Right. That was, that was fun for a minute until Jamie did Jamie thing. Exactly. Speaking of head injuries, my God. Yeah. A
4: couple, probably.
5: He's the guy that will
6: steal your tires and Put them in an ice rink and make you go on a scavenger hunt to find them. So maybe
4: we shouldn't do that. I've thought about getting Jamie back for the time that him and Michelle and Randy had the comedian come on the 4 o'clock. Ira? uh, Yes, the gauntlet, (laughs) and act like he was a uh, dedicated super fan to me. That's right. And I had no idea what was going on. I've thought about it and I like too eh. many
5: things about you. Yeah, Greg yes. Warren played a really Greg Warren, good role. That's who it was. Yeah, Greg It'd Warren great. fan of the, or uh, friend of the show. I know he listens a lot. Yeah, he played uh, he played Ira. And he played Ira well. He did.
4: Yep. So that was a great one, but that we don't yeah, we don't typically do. Brad Brad at times would if we left our cell phones on on the the desk here in the studio and like went out to the bathroom or get more water or coffee, Brad would turn your ringer on. Yeah and then call you
5: <laughs> yeah i would do that to randy, to randy. sometimes too yep especially. you do that he would just have his did have to pull any prank <laughs> like, let's, just check, let's check randy today i also one time and it was terrible and i don't even remember who it was that passed away it wasn't a cardinal but it was a, a baseball figure somebody big uh and we had danny mack on and uh he was you know, breaking it down. He was great. I called his cell phone oh, during it and right. it rang and it threw him off and he's like what? what?
4: I remember I that. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> oh, I if his
5: cell's on. You hear it ring and uh, it fumbles. Uh, I got problems. <laughs> I
4: don't know. Anything for a laugh, Anthony? I guess. <laughs> Alright, we've got the gauntlet next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast,
2: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet?
4: 405. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Randy beat me yesterday in the Gauntlet. It was a walk off, and uh, Randy a little closer than I was on the answer, so Randy advances to round two now of the Gauntlet. What's up, Randy? Hey, how's it going? Doing all right. Doing all right. We have a Look-
0: better showing today. <laughs> hey
4: you won yesterday that's a, a win it win in advance <laughs> man it's it is it is the ncaa tournament time so you win in advance it's kind of it.
5: like graduating isn't it anthony like nobody asked you what your gpa was
4: no, just get there. You get that
5: degree you're good to Damn, go right like, I did. exactly Damn.
4: Damn. all right randy <laughs> bt or marsh today you know i'm thinking marsh is a closure
7: and uh i haven't had bt so i'm gonna try to get bt
4: okay Sounds right. good. So BT, go go to the corner of silence. So we'll give you some time. BT tours meniscus. I'm so. getting old.
5: No, you no. see me hobbling around a stadium near you. Yeah, there you go. So All right, B- I'll see you B- in a
4: BT is going to be uh, luck, very ginger on that knee. Hey. There. What'd you call me? I said <laughs> that you are uh, a fantastic human being. Okay. Great father and an even better friend.
5: All right. I thought you called me a name. No, I'm no, a no. way out.
4: No. I said you were ginger on the knee. Okay. Yeah.
5: Just want you to know.
4: Ginger on I the am knee. a little.
5: <laughs> Ginger on the knee. You're good. All
4: right. See ya. See ya, BT. All right. Go ahead, Randy. Uh, spin the wheel. What
0: are you hoping for, Randy? Uh, I'm hoping for football. I hope I don't get baseball at
4: this point. <laughs> you will not get baseball. That just flew by. Oh, it is Randy's day today. Ha. Ah, cool. You got football, my man. All right. I'll try my best. Wish I could get football every once in a while. Hey, Marsh. Andy,
6: or uh, R- Randy. <laughs> Anthony, it's a b- combination of- <laughs> You could
4: find Anthony and Randy You <laughs> and got Andy.
6: Andy! Yeah. Andy. Yeah, Andy!
4: You never get
0: football. No, that's correct.
4: Wheel likes me. Wheel likes me for hockey. I gotta put in some extra work when it comes to hockey. Alright, Randy. You know the rules. Four questions to you, same four questions to BT. They're all football today since the Wheel spun football. If you need the options, those questions are worth one point. If you don't need the options, of course, those questions are worth two points. You ready? Yes, sir. Here we go. In the Super Bowl era, which team holds the NFL record for most points scored in a single game, putting up 62 points on the Colts in 2011?
0: Whoa. 62 in 2011.
4: I I should know this. I don't remember this at all. I know. I want to say that was... Nine?
0: Uh no, What year? Eleven?
4: Yep. T- twenty eleven. I guess. Give me those options. I can't not from the mind. Ravens, Saints, Chargers.
7: Wow. Whew. Ravens, Saints, Chargers. Um, I think in twenty eleven that would have been possibly the Ravens. Final
6: answer.
4: Ravens. Final answer. All right. Question number two. Which
6: active NFL quarterback has the best career completion percentage of any quarterback in NFL history with a 68.2% career completion percentage? Oof. I believe
0: that is Drew Brees' final answer.
4: All right. Question number three. The Battle Hawks recorded the longest kick return in the XFL this season against the Defenders this past week. Which player had the 80-yard return?
0: And I was there. My first Battle Hawks. Um, nice. I mm, uh, give me the options.
4: Darius Shepard, Brian Hill, Austin Prol.
0: Shepard. Final answer.
4: Final question:
6: Since 2000, which college has had the most players selected in the NFL
7: draft? that's a good one um well it would be obvious if it was bama but
0: um,
7: i don't want to take the options because it's going to be one of those i'm going to say lsu
4: final answer all right let's bring back bt how are you feeling randy oh you know it's not the greatest <laughs> these were tough today
8: yeah these they were. were
4: these were uh these were challenging for sure all right bt's making his way back from the cone of silence All right. Got his headphones on now. BT, how was the cone of silence? It was
5: good. It was very good. It wasn't as silent. We were jamming in there and uh, owed to the tickets that were given out. It was a little gin and juice by Snoop Dogg.
4: Oh, nice. Okay.
5: Edited version because it's whatever's played around here. Right. It still worked.
4: Good. Okay. BT, you ready?
5: Yeah. I'm just rolling down the street. (laughs) Smoking. (laughs) Randy. That was the answer. Yeah.
4: Okay. <laughs> Marsh tell him. <laughs> Pack a lunch. Alright BT, your category today is football. Okay. It is football. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Question 1. In the Super Bowl era, which team holds the NFL record for most points scored in a single game, putting up 62 on the Colts in 2011?
5: most points single game 62 on the Colts 2011 feel like I should know that Went I mean, off the top of my head I don't lie. I
4: didn't remember this at all
5: yeah I don't, it's, uh, uh, options is the answer
4: Ravens Saints Chargers
5: and this is uh this is in in the
4: Super Bowl right no this is uh in the super bowl era oh, okay. which team holds the nfl record for most the afc teams <laughs> <laughs> no yes in the super most bowl
5: points. era all right i am gonna go i'm gonna go with the saints i'm gonna go drew Brees and the saints doing it and doing it well final answer yep question number two which active nfl quarterback has
6: the best career completion percentage of any quarterback in nfl history with a 68.2% career completion percentage.
5: Completion percentage. Now, Sam Bradford's out of the league now. So, it's can't good. really hang our hat on that. Good thought, though. Completion percentage. I knew another Randy that would do that sometimes. Um, Give me the options.
6: Your options are Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, or Joe Burrow. Ooh
5: just sheer completion percentage i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the smaller sample size of the
4: one of the younger guys and i'm going joe burrow with this one final answer yeah joe cool question number three the battle hawks recorded the longest kick return in the xfl this season against the defenders this past week which player had the 80 yard return for st louis
5: yeah i mean everybody remembers it like it was yesterday yeah Remember seeing it, hearing it, the epic call. We could run that back. And that would be helpful here. I'll take the options. <laughs> Darius <Derek laughs> Shepard,
4: Brian Hill, or Austin Prohl. Oh, man. That was Shep. Shep did that. Everybody was like,
0: Shep! Woo, kaka!
5: Shep, final answer. All yeah, right. Last question.
6: <laughs> Since 2000. 2000- <laughs> Since 2000, which college has had the most players selected in the NFL draft?
5: All right, so Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma. Since 2000? Since 2000. Give me the options, just in case there's one that's going to pop out to me. Options are Ohio State, Alabama, or Georgia. Ooh. So George has been racking them up here recently, but if we're going since 2000, I'm actually gonna go with the one one that
4: I didn't say. I'm gonna go Ohio State. Final answer. All right, Brad versus Randy, round two for Randy here in the gauntlet category is football. It's
5: way harder, not in your wheelhouse. This is difficult.
4: This was well. This I thought this was challenging. In the Super Bowl yeah. era, which team holds the NFL record for most points scored in a single game, putting up 62 on the Colts in 2011? Randy, you went with the Ravens. BT, you went with the Saints. Correct answer is... It's the Saints! BT up one nothing. the Saints nice. score 62. Which active, <laughs> which active NFL quarterback has the best career completion percentage of any quarterback in NFL history, with a 68.2% career completion percentage? Randy, you went with Drew Brees. BTU went with Joe Burrow. Correct answer is... Joe Burrow. BT, up ah. 2-0. Randy went for it, though. He did. He Appreciate had no options that. on that one. Yeah, the Battle yeah. Hawks recorded the longest kick return in, in the XFL this season against the D.C. defenders this past week. Which, Shep! which player yeah, had Shep! the 80-yard return for St. Louis? Randy, you went with Darius Shepard. BTU Shep! you went with Darius Shepard. He remembers it. He Fans are going nuts. Randy was there. Correct answer <laughs> is... Everybody on three. One, two, three. Shep! Darius Shepard is the correct answer. BT up 3-1 to one now over Randy. Since 2000, which college has had the most players selected in the NFL draft? Randy, you know where this is going. You said LSU. Yeah. Really good guess. You didn't need the options. However, LSU was not one of the options. We knew that because BT asked for him. BT, you said Ohio State. Correct answer is the Ohio State University. Randy.
2: Mm-hmm. You have chosen
4: poorly. You lose. Today. BT says, man, this wasn't in my wheelhouse, and then got every single one correct with the options. BT wins today, 4-1 to one over Randy. Sorry, Randy. No problem. Awesome job, BT. Thank
5: you, Randy. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you fighting against this. Uh, no problem, man. Take it easy,
1: y'all. God. All right. I'd like Thanks, to dedicate Randy.
5: this one to Shep. Yeah, Remember yeah. that like it was yesterday? What a moment it was. I mean, the Battle Dome was rocking. Everybody was cock on left and right. Yep. New friends were made. Probably a baby or two. I mean, that's how exciting the moment
4: was. Yeah, maybe. For sure. For Shep out yeah, there. Yeah, maybe. Good call, Bunch man. of little
5: Sheps running around in nine months.
4: Probably. One of those moments. Yeah, definitely. Yep. It's like, it was like the COVID pandemic time. Where it really was. A lot of babies. Just getting know.
5: pretty excited up in the Dome.
4: Yeah minus the uh, virus which is good yeah you know, it's really good wow
5: well, you got something yeah but not that
4: nope jamie rivers live from motown next on 101
5: espn we're right back to the fast lane podcast
2: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
4: fast lane on 101 espn brad thompson filling in for jamie rivers who's in detroit he'll be at the little caesar's arena tonight as the red wings will host your blues pregame starting at five o'clock tonight six o'clock puck drop in detroit jamie joining us via the brown and crubin celebrity line jamie did you head to royal oak last night <laughs> no no i did
8: not get to uh royal oak last night we uh we stayed uh, closer to downtown Uh, And they've done a great job of uh, kind of reinventing, revamping downtown here in Detroit. So uh, it was a good night, though. Either way,
5: did you go to Anthony's childhood home?
4: (laughs) Seven Mile.
8: It's weird. Anthony's childhood home is actually a school gymnasium. (laughs)
5: It's crazy. It's crazy. To
8: Redford,
4: yeah, the Redford High School is where it's at. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jamie, what do we need to know about tonight's game?
8: Uh, well, Joel Holfer is back in between the pipes again, a uh, young man getting a start. And uh, Jordan Bennington will not be in the lineup tonight. Thomas Grice will be backing up. Uh, and there's really, you know, in talking to the coaching staff a little bit and whatnot, there's really nothing more to it except for Joel Holfer has played very well. They want him to get as many games as possible while he's on the recall. And Thomas Grice, this is his first time back in Detroit since being traded and they felt like it was a a good move to have him be the backup, at least be in the lineup uh, tonight against his old team. So nothing more at this point anyways to read into, except for that Jordan Bennington got a little extra work today, and they're looking to get him back over here real soon.
5: That being said, though, Jamie, how do you think that sits with Binner not dressing for a game? Like, Do you think that even if it's laid out to him perfectly, just like you laid it out, with the way things have been going, how do you think that, that hits him?
8: Oh, I think he's probably pissed off. You know, I mean, look at—he's a—he's a a competitive guy. He's a world-class athlete. He's a Stanley Cup champion, and quite honestly, the first starting goalie Stanley Cup champion in Blues history. So, to come back from your suspension and then not play because of a younger guy that's playing well at this moment—that's tough to understand. And from an organization standpoint, you know, I understand what they're doing. You know, this this season is—it's not a write-off, but you're not making the playoffs. You've got a young man in Joel Hofer who you want to see what's going on, and you want to see if he can continue to handle the workload. You have an established goalie like Jordan Binnington that has a contract left that has played very well this year. So you're kind of bobbing and weaving you know, young guys and new guys in and out of the lineup, but the guys who are your mainstays, like Jordan Binnington, a guy who's been here for a while and he's your number one goalie, I guarantee that rubbed him the wrong way. So it would be interesting to see. You know how he bounces back in the next start that he gets with Blues,
4: Jamie. When you look, uh, well, you know what? Let's let's talk about David Perron. You were there the other night, and we didn't get your your chan- We didn't uh, get a chance to talk to you about his return, you were there on the bench, or in between the benches, I should say, for the tribute, and of course you know David Prawn very well, and with the game being in Detroit tonight, uh, good time to talk about him again. What did you think of the tribute? What did it mean to you?
8: Oh man, I tell you what, I don't understand, I I, I talked to David today, following Morning Skate, and I asked him, I said, how the heck did you go out there and play your shift after? Like, I would have had to sit on the bench and kind of refocus a little bit, because it was a tearjerker. I mean, there was a lot of great moments, and the Blues did a fantastic job. I mean, they captured everything from when he was a young man coming into St. Louis to where he's finally lifting the Stanley Cup and celebrating that moment. And the crowd was on their feet. Uh, every player from the Blues bench was on the ice, tapping their sticks. The coaching staff was clapping. Like It was a massive sign of respect for a player, and he was moved. He had you know his tears coming into his eyes a little bit. He was trying to fight it, and... it's a difficult situation for a guy like that. And then he stayed on the ice and (laughs) tried to play his next shift. And he was laughing today. He said, uh, yeah, I think I had two turnovers that shift. He's like, my head wasn't really into it, but no, I thought the tribute was fantastic. I mean, it was just a great job by the blues. And, such a classy move by the players and the coaching staff and all the fans at the same time. Just showing how much he was appreciated here at St.
5: Louis. Yeah, allergies are tough this time of year, aren't they? <laughs> in, in St. Louis, especially indoors. <laughs> those things uh, those things will get you as an athlete. They, they get you as a fan watching. Like, I, I guarantee you there were fans watching at home that were teared up watching that. Certainly uh, inside in the arena that, that were teared up. It's, uh, I think... Jamie, and, and you know this very well, you, you played in the NHL a long time. Like, you build connections that are real. I don't think that people understand how important those connections are to a city that players actually have.
8: Yeah, it's wild. You know, it really is. Uh, he, and especially when you're – I think it's when you're a young guy when you come in to an organization. Although David Perron, you know, left a few times, the city and the fan base still got to witness him uh, from his very first game in the NHL a very young man playing for the Blues to where now he's on the back nine of his career. And he's, it looks like this might be his last contract. You never know, but you've watched this guy grow up. You've watched him evolve as a player. You've watched him become a Stanley cup champion. So yeah, there's absolutely connections. Heck I'm back here in Detroit today. And for me, I played a very short amount of time here with the red wings, but being the people, from way back when, you know, today, again, the shaking hands and hugging people and you know, saying hi and just remembering things. And that was just a short period of time for me, and it's been an amazing day. I can only imagine for David Perron in that moment what that felt like. So, so it, it, the connections are real.
4: Hey, Jamie, uh, before we let you go, I know you gotta get, you got to get ready for the game, but Craig Berube uh, he was talking about Jake Neighbors being with Thomas and Cairo. What do you think about this? Huge opportunity for Jake Neighbors.
8: It is. You know, I ultimately, I don't know if Jake Neighbors is a top-line guy. But, again, to the the point we made earlier when we first started talking, is why not try it? You know, let's see. Let's see what the young man can do. He's got good instincts. He's got good hockey IQ. He works extremely hard. If he's smart and just goes to the opening, get to the front of the net, those two other guys will find him. They'll create offense. He might make great living just being the tap-in guy. Where the rebound's there, just tap it in. Luke Robitaille, it's a hall of famer because he was the tapping guy on a very good team, and so you know we'll see. I think it's fun uh, to see the young guys play together. I think there'll be a couple of moments where people are holding their breath, maybe in the defensive zone at times, but that's those are growing pains that you go through. And you know, so great Berube shuffles the lines a little bit that way, and then he moves Jacob Verana down to the third line with Shannon Saad and he puts him on the right side. You know, he just thinks he's got enough speed and skill that he can play that right side. He's got good vision to see the ice well. He uh, wants to see what he can do over there. So he said, you know, Craig Berube and the coaching staff, are they're still moving all the pieces around too to kind of find out what they have for the rest of this year. And most of all, you know, what they have for moving forward for next year and beyond.
5: Hey, Jamie, is there another player, maybe there are more than one that you have in mind here that have kind of stood out to you? And maybe it's not just consistently, but maybe it's just a flash here and there. But somebody that you're going to keep an eye on here down the stretch?
8: Yeah, you know, obviously all the young guys. I think it's fun to watch those guys. You know, Kapan and Verana. I think that everybody's going to have eyeballs on them just because of the tough goal that they had before they got here. And everybody's always going to say, well, okay but how long can they keep it up? And I'm one of those guys. I am. I'm going to be like, okay, well, when does the bubble burst? or does it? So those two guys, for sure, Thomas and Kyru, I want to see if they can continue to create offense day in and day out with tough matchups against some of these teams that are going to get ready for the playoffs. And then you know, a guy like Marco Scandella, I know that sounds wild to pull that one out of thin air, but he's played really well lately. And talking to him and the training staff, and he's battling injuries almost from the moment he started here with the Blues, and now he's 100% healthy, and he's playing really well. And I find that intriguing just from the standpoint of now, what does that mean for your blue line? Because Marcos Scandella has been one of your best defensemen in the last six, seven games. In fact, maybe your most productive defenseman from a plus minus standpoint and solid matchups and playing penalty kill. So, again, what does that mean for the Blues moving forward? If Marcos Scandella can be in your lineup, you know what do you do with the pieces that you have because Army's got some young pieces, he's got some big contracts, he's got some older players. It's you know it makes things a little more interesting.
4: Jamie, great stuff, man. We'll uh, we'll let you go. Get ready for tonight's game. Enjoy it. All right, guys. Thanks a lot, man. We'll see you. That's Jamie Rivers, our guy. He's going to be in Detroit tonight for the Valley Sports Midwest broadcast. Of course, we got the pregame show for you right here on 101 ESPN, 5 o'clock as the Blues get ready to take on the Red Wings. And, of course, we have the puck drop for you on the Blues Radio Network at 6 o'clock.
5: You got Jamie leaving any tickets for the family, Anthony? Yeah. There in Detroit? Yeah,
4: he he needs to. I've asked him to. He yeah. didn't respond, but uh, I'm will. sure he's got me covered. He will. Yeah, no doubt. We got our biggest question of the day. I think we're going to center it on Adam Wainwright. And where is Anthony from again? That's correct. Nobody knows. Yeah, maybe there'll be a ticket giveaway at some point. Adam Wainwright, biggest question of the day. Next on One Hundred One ESPN.
2: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred One ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day
4: with brad thompson i'm anthony stalter it's a fast lane on 101 espn it's time for the biggest question of the day what do you got marsh yeah we were talking about adam wainwright
6: earlier in the show and we got a text from roger and roger asked does jake woodford have a real opportunity to stay in the rotation well bt's
5: got him pitching all season so i would say yes here's what i say and said earlier in the show, and if you didn't hear it definitively, because I, I guarantee I'm going to forget something I said earlier, you can download that podcast. It's all yeah, available can. right on the website, 101ESPN.com. Easy to get. Uh, all those podcasts brought to you by Dobbs and Auto. Uh, anyways, uh, here's what I said. Don't open the door. Don't open the door. And by the way, Adam, being the fantastic teammate that he is and the leader that he is, he was asked about Jake Woodford, and he said, look, Jake earned this spot. He said, and it uh, just so happened, as you mentioned the other day and again earlier, Anthony, that uh, these things work themselves out. He said, an old man pulls a muscle and all of a sudden you're in the rotation. I can see Jake Woodford at 26 years old with the learning that he's done over the last couple of years, the taste of the big leagues, but the yo-yo back and forth. That's freaking maddening, Anthony, especially when you have the skill set that he has. He came into spring training wanting to win a job and expecting to win a job and that's exactly what he did he won a job in the bullpen and he was going to serve as that swing role right? guy that can eat up some innings for you but you could also trust him to get some big outs well now he slides right into the rotation and i don't see this as holding the spot for waino I see this battling out with everybody else to stay in the rotation. Now, if everybody is back and healthy, he's the obvious one that's out of it because he doesn't have a contract uh, after this year. Actually, only Matt has a contract after this year. But he's not making significant money, and he's a maneuverable piece with options. But I really could see him taking advantage of this, Anthony, and making it a very
4: difficult decision for Ollie Marmel and company. Well, that's the thing, though. If, when, when Adam Wainwright is ready to come back, do Do you envision Adam Wainwright not going right back into the rotation? Does this become a Jake Woodford versus somebody else?
5: Conversation. Good. I mean, if uh, just to throw out, it doesn't matter who the name is. Like if Jack Flaherty's struggling, well, then, okay, well, Jake, you stay in. The name of the game is to win. And the name of the game is to put your best starters out there. If you can, we do realize that contracts play and contracts are going to continue to get more and more opportunity. Um, with, with Wainwright, when he's able to, to come back and maybe if Jake Woodford is throwing the hell out of it. And so is everybody else in this rotation. Maybe you give Wayno even more time. Say, hey, we need you to build up even further so you're ready, even more ready down the stretch. Maybe instead of one month, it's six weeks. Or if it was six weeks, it could be eight weeks. Who knows? Like, yeah. to, to build him back up. And I hope for Wayno, it's a very speedy recovery. I've said this before. From a fan standpoint, it's disappointing to not see him on the mound on opening day. I think we all wanted to see that Adam in his final year opening day yet again uh, but we're not going to get that opportunity but when he comes back I don't see Adam coming back in the bullpen I don't see there being value right. there for Adam in the bullpen I don't think that he is can any of these starters outside of Woodford go Jack, to the pen Jack could Jack and I think that Jack would have a good uh, mentality for it but the hope is that he would never be in this conversation to put in there but that's hope you know you could hope in one hand, you know don't even worry about nah, that but yeah you could uh, you should not best say laid that plans, best laid plans yes those things add up you know what I mean yep that's that sure does it sure adds up when you say stuff like that but uh I, I think that this is right now and I I say this cautiously I think your rotation the way that Adam was I don't think he wasn't struggling because he was getting outs. But the way that his stuff looked in spring and in the World Baseball Classic, again, the job is to get outs, he got outs. Mm-hmm. I don't think that your rotation takes a step back right now with Jake Woodford in it. Yeah, Adam will take some time. He'll get healthy. He'll be ready to go when the games mean the most down the stretch. Because I, I really do think, or I don't think, I don't think that Adam was going to be able to ramp up for the World Baseball Classic and be able to keep that same intensity and stay healthy all the way through october i think it's going to be very difficult to do at 41
4: years old so now he gets a little bit of a reset here i don't think this is the worst thing in the world no it may it may work out for everybody that he has a little bit of a delay now you're not having him eat up a bunch of innings early on and those innings can be allocated to the end of the year at least that that's the thought. It never seems to work out that way, but there is something to that where it's like, hey, he's not gonna—he's he's not gonna pitch all season. Now. Yeah.
5: No, I—I I, I will say this too, though. On the—the the flip side of it, T-Bone Tanner had a really, really good point early on as those guys were talking on BK and Ferrario about how you need the innings, especially early. Adam is your innings eater like that's the guy that you really don't care about other things it's like hey go out there oh pitch count pitch count be darned okay like Adam, Adam's gonna go do his thing and he's really the only guy in that rotation that has that ability to do so and you trust him to be able to do that and that's where our conversation earlier about this open spot in the bullpen now as Woodford presumably slides into the rotation I feel like you're going to need somebody there or at least build somebody up and get them ready to eat some innings because it's going to be important. I think you're going to need a couple of bridge guys, especially early on.
4: That's Brad Thompson. I'm Anthony Stalter. One other Cardinal note, Andrew Kisner has beaten out Trace Barrera for the backup catcher position according to Derek Gould.
5: I would just say he got the job. You know what I mean? He got the job. Got the job done. Did he beat him out or did he get the job? He got the job. He retained the job. Yeah. He, gr- he was grinding it out. He hit... A little pepper shaker.
4: He hit uh, 95 in spring training.
5: Yeah, he'll turn around 95 like that. You try to throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, boom, he's on it. That's what you're talking about, right? I'm not
4: talking about Nolan Arnato, no. that's heater, that's where he came from. I'm no, not talking about Jordan Walker. I'm talking about uh, Andrew Kisner only hitting 95.
5: What, you mean 095?
4: That's correct, the batting average, yeah. You know what? I OPS is 251.
5: Looked, all right, well, if you looked at some of the advanced analytics, and I, I don't have time to dig into the X, ex- f- 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 oh, f- 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 and this is on the hard hit foul balls that kids had. Okay. And there were, I mean, a plethora of those bad boys. I'm talking okay? about one or two? There was a lot. I mean, more hard more hit foul one. balls than there were hard hit balls in play. You know what I mean? For kids, mm. I still think we talked about this earlier before this news. I think it's the right decision. Have him there. I'm sure that every at bat, he's put the the a world of pressure on himself. He knows this staff. The the guys love him. Uh Wayno has talked about throwing to him. He likes throwing to him. Uh he was Michaelis's guy last year. Miles had a really good year. It seemed that Kiz was always the guy behind the plate, or generally the guy behind the plate when he was uh, he was out there. I think this is the right decision early on. We'll see, though, if Contreras gets a ton of at-bats at the DH spot. Uh if I think it could be something that could change midstream.
4: Well, like a trade.
5: Like you said earlier, Anthony yeah. said he would bring in somebody that has no knowledge of the Cardinals' pitching staff at all, put them on the team right now. That's correct. And I, lo- you're you're bold, Anthony. Yeah, I always right, but you're bold.
4: You have to think outside the box, right. BT. Yes, thinking about somebody that could hit and catch.
5: I know that's I, I was totally thinking inside the box mm-hmm. of guys that know this team, but I like the way that you did it.
4: Well, to expand your thought process a little bit, BT. That uh, if you learned anything today, I hope it's that.
5: Andy, that's the second best take you've had today. Thank you. First one is about JFK. For that, sure. Th- absolutely. And conspiracy theories. It was actually mm-hmm. the best take Anthony's had in the history of his takes on this show. That was from the text line, 314
4: 399 We literally got that text, to which I replied, I, see a, I know when I see a crap, jam- uh, crap sandwich. There was no bread on that, Andy. No, it was, it was an open meat. face. It was just yeah, an just open meat. face crap sandwich. It was like crap soup, basically. You know. Seems
5: like more of a stew.
4: Yep. Yeah, it was a stew. Crap, a crap stew. Yeah, Hardy. Either way, I appreciate the... Uh...
5: It was a good take, is what we're saying.
4: Mm-hmm. Thanks. What you missed, criticisms, compliments next.
5: We're right back to the Fast Lane
2: Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
4: from today's show make sure you download the podcast available at 101espn.com or your 101 espn mobile app all brought to you by dobbs tyrant auto centers we talked about adam wainwright's injury he's going to miss the next several weeks due to a groin injury that he suffered at the wbc we talked about jake woodford and whether or not he's got an opportunity to stay in the rotation even when adam wainwright comes back we talked about some other alternatives when it comes to the bullpen and some of the long relief options there Talked to both Jamie Rivers and Chris Kerber about the Blues. Jake Sutherland of the Battle Hawks, the tight end. What's it been like to play for AJ McCarron? And uh, got into a little bit of some conspiracy theories about the JFK assassination. Anthony had the best
5: best take that he's ever had on this show. That's just not me saying it. Text line said it as well. Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. It's all part of the podcast. Don't want to miss it. Marsh, we got any criticisms or compliments? Yeah, let's start right there, actually,
6: uh, with your best take ever. You said it was a crap sandwich, an open-face crap sandwich. The text line helping us out with the the soup uh, from the 661 Crapastroni Soup. There we go. I like that. So maybe that's
5: the new... uh,
4: That's the new... Crap sandwich that uh, mm-hmm. no, with no bread. It's actually a crap a capistroni soup. Is that yeah. beef based? I mean, what is that? Yeah, the, I think uh, so. It's gotta be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aren't, aren't so most hard, beef yeah. based
5: stews? Not a lot of like vegetable. Oh, well, stews, yeah,
4: stews. But that was crap. is more that's, of a vegetable that's soup. like a is veggie. Yeah. Is there beef new, in And it? a noodle. A noodle what of some sort.
8: Yeah. Well, it
5: depends that's what you eat. The protein crap. Just depends what you ate.
4: Yep, true.
6: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, this could be a crapastroni soup. From the six from the six three six. My compliment is for Mister Thompson. You're very good at your job, sir. Your commentating job, pretty good at pitching, but very good at commentating.
5: Okay, I mean, I'll uh, take it. Yeah, I don't yeah, think I'll it's not. pretty good. Fine. I mean, the numbers can back that up. You look at the mm-hmm. back of the baseball card. It wasn't. Cooperstown. The only way I'm getting there is I'm paying to get in just like you guys. Um, (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. I'd rather be good at the job that I have than cling to the job that I had. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Okay. That was good good advice. What are you doing?
4: You know? That was deep, Brad. Anthony,
5: be where your feet are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. I will, Brad. Thank you. You should do that. Yeah.
4: Right here in the studio. Starting today. I'm right here in this studio with you guys. Right. I feel it. That's where my feet are. Right here on the floor.
6: Uh, the text line, a lot nice of people Thank you. chiming in. We were talking about uh, your son, Anthony, ramming his head into walls. Anything. And, you know, you and him have yep. a lot in common.
4: Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Love how we keep bringing up the fact that I smashed my face right into the side of a pool while people don't forget trying to play uh, I don't know what game we were playing Marco Monster Polo. or something. Yeah, I think it was their version of Monster mm-hmm. where I'm the monster in the pool while the monster... Uh, Shot off one end, thought it was going go end to go end-to-end, Brad. Mm-hmm. You know? I thought I had a good, I don't know, 50 or so feet yeah. before I would touch the wall. Turns out I had about three feet, and I fired right off, and I didn't get the hands up enough because you don't put your hands up until late in the process. And I stopped uh, my, my momentum with my face. In fairness, Anthony, it's the first time that you had swam in that pool. I've actually been down there a lot. as no, my no, parents', it's parents yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either okay, way.
5: Anthony, you have been drinking heavily.
4: Now that is true. Yeah. So, that is true.
5: I mean, at least you knew up from down. Yep, that's true. That helps. Mm-hmm. That's why you're here today. What's your name? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: Anthony. Yeah. From the 314. Anthony, I hope you're able to study hoc- hockey references before the show tomorrow.
4: Maybe entering the darkness could help too. I'm going to do that I like to reflect and when somebody says something like that, go to the darkness, study, study your NHL. Uh, I think I'll do that. So I'm gonna go to Wyoming, they got a darkness retreat there. And, and just
5: study hockey
4: yeah. references? Now it's gonna be tough because I'll be in darkness, mm-hmm. but maybe if I just mentally think about the answers, they'll come to me.
6: Now do you get to use an audio book? If you were going to
5: to read up or not read up, no, but listen. I don't think so. Can you use you just can't use any device? You got to be there with your own head like that's I think that's what mm. it's about is breaking yourself down. It's not entertaining yourself in the darkness with audio books.
4: Well, I don't know that then I don't know if this is going to help guys with the gauntlet 2.0. No,
5: I'm terrified to be with my own thoughts for that long, though. Could you Could you do 24 hours? No. just straight darkness. No, nothing. No, no maybe one day like maybe I, I get a day where you're really frustrated sleep. with the kids I and just stuff. get to sleep maybe yeah but honestly i think that after eight hours or so i'm gonna be driving myself nuts
4: yeah i don't even think it takes eight hours
5: and you start walking around your tiny little room chances right. are you stub your toe then you're pissed yeah. <laughs> like there's yeah. there's a start lot of the, you know. the
6: walls i'm hungry man that would hurt i stub my toe even when the light's on man. i can't imagine doing it with a In the darkness, is there a difference
4: between stubbing your toe and like I think not, no, same, same, or you know chopping off your hand or something like that? I think it's the same. I basically think it's the same injury, same pain. Yeah,
5: for a second, you know what I mean, just for a second.
4: Right? Is the pinky toe the worst one to stub?
5: Yes, yes, yeah. Is it? it, It's also the one where you're, if, if you get it good enough. You're legit surprised it's still there. It's still Yes. 100%. This is the one. Right. Here we go. Now my balance sucks.
4: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Toe's going to be on the ground. I know it. I felt it that time. BT, always a pleasure, man. Hey, fun as always. I'll talk to you guys again next week. Yeah. You guys, opening day. We have opening day.
5: Thursday. It's coming. Can't believe it. Can't wait.
4: Can't wait. Marsh, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, you will. We have Blues and Red Wings pregame starting in about, uh, well, less than five minutes. So enjoy that. Enjoy the Blues and the Red Wings right here on the Blues Radio Network. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. See ya! And
2: you've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire
0: and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.